begin transmission. Hello, everybody. It is I, Chris, aka Star Raptor, joined as always by Ben and Milton. This is episode number 52, and we are doing another commentary for the first release Star Wars spinoff. That is Rogue One, a Star Wars story, which happens to be my favorite of all the Disney Star Wars films. So I'm looking very much to getting into our deep dive into this movie. How are you guys feeling? What's going on with you, Ben, these days? Um, I'm doing pretty good. I had a had a good week. I just finished watching Halo, actually, the new Halo episode right before we uh, got onto this onto this podcast, and I love it. Anybody who wants a new show to go along with their uh, weekly Star Wars related activities, I highly recommend the Halo show on Paramount Plus. Like it's, you know, it's it, it fits right in the realm for Star Wars fans, I think, because it's you know sci-fi action. Um, I'm sure a good chunk of Star Wars fans have played Halo before. So I just think it's a it's a really good show. So I mean you have that that I uh that I've been up to and then for my just briefly for my week in Star Wars I didn't really have uh, a super exciting week other than actually yesterday I think I messaged it in our group chat but I just pre-ordered the uh the Lego game coming out. So I uh you know I'm all ready for that and you know can't wait to play it this coming week. Oh, heck yeah. So I did the math. If you watch all the episodes of Halo, I think it leads right up to like the week of, of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. So I'm using that as my like <laughs> milestone metric to be like, the closer we get to the end of the series, which I'm also very much enjoying, Ben, the closer we get to that. Plus, I'm also watching Moon Knight. I, speaking of, of Star Wars, Oscar Isaac, <laughs> I mean, he's killing it. There's one episode out and I freaking... He does such a good job with the British accent, like holy crap, like that, and just everything about it so far is very cinematic and shot on location and like the Swiss Alps and all that kind of thing. It's a really nice looking looking show with a lot of mystery and intrigue. So yeah, it's nice to see shows coming back because up until these last couple of weeks, I've really just haven't had a reason to really tune into anything ongoing because there really hasn't been anything in genre um that's been that's been out what about you Milton? are you keeping up with any of these recent series or anything other than that honestly not really uh my couple weeks have been really busy with work and other stuff so uh i haven't really had time to actually watch halo i do want to watch it eventually i heard it actually is good from you guys through the group chats and also prior to the podcast moon Knight. i haven't seen it yet i'll definitely try to get to that this weekend um, but like I said, when I'm not doing podcasts and stuff, I'm pretty much caught up in the real world, unfortunately, with work. However, it doesn't stop me from being a nerd. Um, <laughs> so like I said, I do still pay attention to Star Wars. Obviously, I'm, we may talk about um, the news of you or Obi-Wan being moved, you know, to a different day for the premiere. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, so let's, like, let's, that's crazy. Oh, yeah. Well, let's, let's yeah, let's do a little. You guys want to do a quick little, just impromptu, just five minute discussion on yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Real quick, yeah. I'm gonna do my intro yeah. information yeah. as always. Um, so for those of you that are wanting to figure out how we're gonna do this Rogue One commentary, we've done all the prequels. We have done solo Star Wars stories. How this works is. We like to use Disney Plus because that's what everybody has their fingertips, you know, at most likely. Um, so we just go ahead and start it, start that and drag that cursor all the way to the left where it's zero, zero, zero. And we will do a countdown while we're ready to get into it. And we'll try to give you guys like every maybe 30 minutes to an hour. I'll give you guys like a timestamp of, hey, we're here in case you join later into the live discussion. Because that's my segue into, hey, if you're listening to this after the fact on any of the podcast platforms like Spotify or Apple Music. You could also watch this live 
pretty much most Fridays. Now, next Friday, we aren't going to be live. We'll be pre-recorded. But most Fridays, you can catch us here and join in live on the chat to have fun with us here talking about all things Star Wars. So, yes, wanted to get that out of the way. You can download us on any podcast search, Outer Rim Transmission, and do subscribe to the YouTube channel so that way you guys are notified the second we go live when we do go live. Um, so, yes, we're talking about Rogue One as our major topic, but it is worth noting, as Milton was hinting at, that, yes, the Obi-Wan series did get moved from the official Star Wars day of May 25th two days later to May 27th, um, which has a couple different ramifications. Um, and we're also getting an additional episode in the same week. So that's pretty exciting. So so we'll start off with that. Like, what is your what are your thoughts on us just getting two episodes in one week? I mean, I'm hyped for it. I think that that's how I think Boba Fett should have been done as a two episode premiere. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of these shows need to come off strong, and I really feel like Kathleen and that team must feel really confident in this show to premiere two straight episodes. In one day, and they're what going to be about an hour a piece. So that's two hours of Obi Wan we're getting on a premiere on a Friday. You know, mm-hmm. that's going to be amazing. I mean, I'd be surprised to see. Only thing that's going to be surprising is you know people actually staying up that late to watch the show because I'm assuming it's going to premiere at three o'clock in the morning, Eastern <laughs> Standard Time. So they're going to have to actually get some early early sleep so they can do two hours of Star Wars. Oh yeah. Oh gosh, that's that's a good point, Milton. With yeah. me and my. Three o'clock in the morning Star Wars viewings. Yeah, um, yeah I guess I'll have to be going to bed uh, probably. I, I don't know. I'll probably just end up staying up half the night anyways and, and like play play Star Wars Lego and <laughs> and go with it. I uh, yeah, for me though, I really think it's it's great that they did that. That was a nice surprise. Like I just opened up Twitter that um, a couple days ago when that happened or yesterday when that happened, and I. Uh, I refreshed it and it was like a special message from Obi-Wan Kenobi and it was from the Kenobi account. And I clicked on it and it was this video of Ewan saying, um, you know, Star Wars, Kenobi's getting moved and, you know, let's, let's all watch it together and we'll watch the first two episodes of the series. So, um, you know, as you mentioned, Chris, like this, this, uh, this show, they must have confidence in it to air the first two episodes and, you know, they have, um, they have precedence in doing this. Like I saw some people saying, oh, why would they premiere the first two episodes? But they've already done that for Bad Batch. I feel like, didn't they do that for Mandalorian as well? Um, because, uh, yeah, I just, I just think uh, when it comes to Star Wars, like, you know, they've had precedence in this. So I just think it'll be really great for Kenobi to get the ball rolling. And especially because, you know, the first episode of any series is a little bit maybe slower or not as action-packed. So this will potentially allow the story to build more and give us that action in the second episode back-to-back. It'll basically be a movie. We're basically getting a Kenobi movie on May 27th. Yeah, so so what happened before is the first episode of Mandalorian aired on Wednesday. And then they aired another one on Friday. So oh, okay. that so was, it was almost week. like a, we haven't had two episodes on the same day, which is basically going to make it like a movie. Yeah. So that, that, that's exciting. Um, now I'm wondering if there, there's two, there's two reasons and they could both go in hand in hand why they could have moved it. First off, I realized that stranger things season four is coming out literally that day. So Disney plus is probably like. You know, we're going to throw one of our biggest franchises out, Stranger Things, which up until this point has been, like, I guess the number one show on Netflix in general. 
So Disney's right. like maybe trying to like play a power move and be like, let's take some of their viewers from that because you know like the hardcore Star Wars fans are not even gonna realize that Stranger Things is out on that day now because it's like who cares about that? I'm watching Obi Wan Kenobi. Like so, it's gonna be very interesting for like the perspective of the streaming wars to. But figure you know what though, out. like. The difference is that we're going to get the whole season of Stranger Things on Netflix. That's how it works. They don't yeah. do episode weekly. So that's why it's okay for, for Netflix to get away with that because it's like we know we're going to get the viewership. They they know they're going to get people to premiere. And this is the final season, I believe, and it's a two-parter. So I think the first part of Stranger Things premieres May. Second part's ju- July. So mm-hmm. it's not like they're not going to get the viewership and they're totally okay. And like – you know, don't get me wrong, like, Star Wars is great and all, but Boba Fett kind of left a, a taste in some people's mouth, an odd taste, not saying it was trash, but yeah. it wasn't the most consistent show. So people may say, well, man, is Kenobi going to be garbage? Do I even want to watch it? I don't think it will be garbage, because if it is, I'm going to riot. So, if it is, though, you know, we'll be the first ones to tell you about you're it. You're damn right. Like, <laughs> like, it, like that's that is the that is the I mean we're all banking this show on paper should be like the best Star Wars anything under Disney in my opinion, Facts. Um, but if it's not, I mean we'll we'll tell you about it we'll be honest like you know that's that's the best part like uh, you know about a, a lot of people just want to um, sugarcoat everything when it comes to Star Wars or Marvel. Um, heck, today I had a funny little discussion on Twitter. Somebody uh, tweeted and was like, I just wanted to announce like. Uh, I'm kind of tired of like the Marvel formula and the, the way Marvel movies do things and stuff. And I responded to him and I was like, yeah, I am too. Like, I think there's too many cameos. and I just think Marvel heavily relies on it. Like, for example, you know, if Spider-Man No Way Home didn't have the cameos it had, people would have complained and destroyed that movie. So like, and it was funny because that guy was joking, like, cause it was April fools, but it's like, you know, I'm not joking about it. Like, like, you know, it's fine to be critical of popular things. So, like, it's like, hey, if Kenobi's bad, we'll tell you about it. But I think, especially based on different uh, things around the internet, um, you know, I think I think Kenobi's going to be great. I really mm-hmm. do. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the real reason why they actually moved this thing. And I think it's because you know, when you plan, when you go to he- when you go ahead and you plan a series, like. They, they got to plan this out months in advance. I'm talking months and months in advance for like the release dates because it's not just Star especially with Disney Plus. It's not just Star Wars dealing with, they're dealing with like Disney's own intellectual properties. They're dealing with Marvel. You know, they're dealing with Pixar. They're dealing with all these other series and movies releasing. So like they have to really strategically think and put their ducks all in a row. And if you take it back months and months ago, well, I, I think there was still a doubt that celebration could have been happening, right? Pandemic could have been, you know, could have been going the wrong way. So I think they they've they had to make a decision and say, let's just put it out on Star Wars Day just to be safe. It'll be out there. And then they realize that celebration's a, a green light. It's it's all good. The coast is clear for now. It's like crap. Well, maybe maybe we could push it back just two more days and and give people two episodes and have a premiere screening there. So I think that's really the reason. Maybe a lot of people are like scratching their heads, like, hey, why would they only move it two days? I I think that's they didn't know that celebration was happening and they had to plan the original release date so far in advance that I think we'll see probably like the people in in Anaheim, California, are going to be able to see it probably like that Thursday at some point. Get the hype ready. 
and, and start talking on social media after they've seen it. And, and a couple hours later, the whole rest of the world will, will be hyped to watch it that day, that night, you know. So we're going to get the ball rolling with that. And that's going to be pretty cool because, I mean, I mean, why not have Ewan McGregor? Why not have Hayden Christensen there and have 5,000 fans losing, losing their minds and getting, getting the hype trend going? So I, I think that's pretty, pretty easy to figure out. That's probably the real reason there. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, you know they're going to have the cast there. Like, when you, guys, when you go there, you know, like, you're going to have Ewan and Hayden and all those people. And I feel like... Um, depending on when the panel is like with, with the Kenobi cast, I feel like there's a chance, you know, they'd want to talk about it. Uh, you know, basically under like the assumption, maybe some of the audience has like seen it. Like, I feel like they, they won't go into like heavy spoilers, but I feel like they'll, they'll really dive into it. I think. Yeah. Like they actually might sh- just like start the, the panel, just be like, Oh, we're going to just show you the episodes now. Cause I've seen there at New York comic con, like they'll show the episode and then talk about it after for like 15 minutes. Yep. So that's that what be... I think is going to happen because that's what happened with um, Mando, I believe. Yep. Wait, no, we actually never seen all of Mando. They showed us like a 10 minute. Or was it just a scene? Thing. I. It was <laughs> so long ago. I don't. I think it was. Yeah, it was the intro. Like one of the intro or, things where or, he's walking oh, through the actually, town. Oh, actually, I might be. I, I might be thinking of. Um, I think they did that for Clone Wars. The season, uh, whichever season it was, Thrawn was in. I, I'm pretty sure they showed the the first. Uh, you mean whatever Rebels? celebration. Or, or Rebels, Rebels, my bad, yeah, Rebels. I, I think Rebels, they showed it at Celebration from what I've heard. I can't confirm that, though, but I'm yeah. pretty sure they have. So, I yeah. mean, you guys you guys have a good chance of it. I, I really think you're going to see the episodes since they're announcing it like this. Mm. And if not, guess what? Every one of those hotels rooms, there's going to be Hotel Obi-Wan parties. <laughs> the people <laughs> are gonna show up everybody's gonna show up at the convention the next day with red eyes and literally nobody has slept <laughs> people's hair is gonna be all like i've been up for 24 hours because i had to stay up till 5 a.m and then go to the panel at, at 11 a.m you know so <laughs> where what state is this in again california oh you guys are lucky then oh it's that's coming right, out at midnight then. It, yeah it's it's midnight you, yeah you're lucky it's midnight for you guys <laughs> that's one advantage but uh, there you go there, there's your update on obi-wan kenobi uh again we're gonna leave our news uh discussions to uh, next week uh so so you can look out for that but i don't want to waste any more time because we got one of my favorite movies to talk about while watching and that is rogue one a star wars story so for everybody that is getting ready to watch again we're using disney plus you go ahead hit that play button but drag it all the way to zero 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 on the timestamp. And Ben and Milton, are you guys ready? One moment. It's popping up. Okay, I'm I'm good when you guys are. All right, so we're going to count down in three, two, one. Here we go. So what was your reaction to the intro without uh, actual opening crawl? Because it's the first time in a movie we didn't get a crawl. A cold open. Hmm. That's a good question. So I know a lot of complaints. I remember when this movie came out, there's a lot of complaints about it. Like they said it was just too like, just blah. You couldn't like really just ease your way into it like you would with an opening crawl. However, I get that, but I'm actually okay that there was no opening crawl. It just wasn't needed. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's 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 got that kind of jump scare moment. Boom. Yeah. Like the, the musical cue. And even the way I like how they portray the planetary ring. It almost looks like it's a Star Destroyer coming over the screen, you know, like gliding over the screen. Right. Yeah, I mean yeah. I think I think they could have done a better job at their introduction, don't get me wrong. I would probably say that's one of the weakest parts of the movie, which is I mean, that's a nitpick nitpick because I love this movie. Um but yeah, they they could have eased us into what they were trying to do here, but obviously we're going to really get into the action, as you see. Yeah, and here we hear that that the awesome score of Michael Giacchino, and I believe he only had literally weeks to do this score because yeah, I, I think it was like two him. months. Yeah, it was like two months, I think, for what I remember. Actually, this is one of my favorite scores because I remember I downloaded this score, and a lot of people were like, eh, "It's not John Williams," blah blah blah. But I feel like. Giacchino can be the next composer for Star Wars. Like he's that good. He's so good because everything he does, and it's a credit to him. You don't know it's him. Like he has right. such diversity when it comes to creating music for just about anything. For uh, sure. So it's just really cool because, like John Williams, for instance, you can understand like, hey, you know, Harry Potter. That sounds like John Williams or Jaws or mm-hmm. or whatever. Or you know, those are all classic soundtracks that sound like big bombastic classical-esque type things and well michael giacchino is just all over the place for for a good reason so yes but here's one of my complaints about the movie this is a stupid one why the hell are they parking so far like can they just roll up to the house yeah yeah that's one of the that's one of the weirdest parts about it for me as well like this opening sequence because it's like if you're going there like you know um you know the you know the Urso family is there. Like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you? Why would you not just land right outside the front door and surround the house with stormtroopers and or your uh, I guess death troopers and and just uh, arrest them basically? Like, I, I don't know. It was it was kind of a weird opening, but I do like this opening. The cinematography of this whole opening sequence um, with Krennic and with the family and everyone. Like, I think it looks visually great. Oh, it's tight. Oh, it looks great. I mean, th- those those death troopers which we've never seen at this point at the time of this film coming out like these stormtroopers look like they can hit stuff i was like okay they they look official and i love how they don't speak like basic like i mean like through their um through the helmets i guess it's somewhere like code or something yeah do we know what that language is it's scrambled up code so the enemies can't understand what they're saying i love it i was like that's pretty dope like that that's a creative way to 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 branch out star wars even more yeah, now, did either of you read the Star Wars Catalyst book by, um, uh, I forget yep. the author's name, beforehand? James Lucino. Um, yes, that was correct. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I, I listened to the audio book. Oh, Same nice. I was going to say, me and, me and Milton both listened to the audio book. Yeah, you already know. Yeah. The, the best part about the audio book is, so, Krennic, um, for example, having, you know, he's from Australia, I believe, or that, or yeah. New Zealand area. He has that uh, bit of an accent. And it's great because when they're reading the audiobook, the person puts kind of like a New Zealand Australian accent on Krennic in the audiobook, so it's uh, more like realistic to um, uh, Mendelssohn's character. So it's I uh, I really like the audiobook because it set me up so well going into this movie. Because I'm mm-hmm. sure you felt the same, Milton. Like like when we were seeing these characters and stuff, you're like, oh man, I already know about him. Or I already know about all these people. No, it, it makes it makes the movie consistent. I think it keeps the characters consistent. I like Krennic as a character, honestly. I think I think now when you watch New Hope, and let's be real here, this movie clearly strengthens New Hope a lot more. 
Like, New Hope was already good, but this makes it better. But I feel like Krennic, and I've always wondered, like, man, if Krennic would have survived, how would he have been in New Hope? You know, because you know he would have had a seat at the table. I think they actually kind of express it in, like, a book or something that this was Krennic's seat. I think on a comic, they say, like, oh, Krennic would have been sitting here at this point if he would have survived or something. Yeah, Yeah, because in A New Hope, in A New Hope, there's an empty chair. Yeah. That's that's such a cool little thing that was left in A New Hope, how they somehow, not that I had obviously planned it, but this is one of my favorite lines. Oh, there's back from the dead. Like, just this, I love yeah. the humor of, of Krennic. He's a little bit different of an officer, a little rough around the edges almost to a certain degree. Right. Well, he's trying to get a promotion. I mean, you know, he's trying to be Tarkin. Yeah, because this has to be, what, at least, what, 10 years after Revenge of the Sith-ish? Yeah, at this point, it's it, yeah. I would say it's around... No, at this point, I think it's like three years or four oh, years. Oh, yeah. maybe, yeah, potentially. Uh, one of the coolest parts about this, too, about um, Catalyst is, as well, just to throw in there... So, like, it gave such a neat little backstory for our, our viewers and listeners. So, basically, in that book, yeah, when the Empire was building the Death Star... They actually, you know, they had the Geonosians build it or like really work on, on the outside, like the space parts of it. And then the crazy part about it was just to show how ruthless Krennic was. He once they were done building it or using the Geonosians for the parts they did, they put him in a room and just firing squad. They just eliminated all the Geonosian workers because they're like, well, why keep them around? And it's like, you know, that built the ruthlessness of Krennic's character a lot for me. Well, I mean that that ties into like actual like history in the world of like genocide when it comes to yep. like you know the 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 Jewish culture and I believe there's a story yep. in Russian culture uh I think it's like the 13 what's the um one of one of those like big nice uh buildings in Russia oh. uh yeah. what like, it looks like an ice cream scoop those the, the tower or whatever but I guess like one of the czars like scooped the eyeballs out of the designer because he's like, can you make another one of these places? He's like, oh, I'm sure I could in about ten years. And he's like, nope, I'm just gonna just take his talent away. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. like yeah. That, that's actual history. I forget what czar did it. Wow. But like, it's cool. it's crazy how history is brought into movies. Here, like, well, why would he did it give the Geonosians an opportunity to yeah. build this machine potentially for someone else? You well, know, let's a- let, let's eliminate that 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 part of the equation. Yeah, and a really cool connective tissue part for the Geonosians is, you know, this is where, um, you know, I've always been hyper, I've been pretty critical of the way Star Wars handles canon as of late, but it was one of the best parts where they handled it properly was, you know, with this movie right around the same time, shortly after Rebels came out, you had the Rebels ghost crew go to Geonosis and the Geonosians were pretty much all but wiped out and like... Mm. They, they were alluding to all of this, like the uh, the Death Star. So, like, it's just cool how to see how things connect. Right. Yeah, this this opening here for just that Rogue One, uh, it looked kind of clip arty, but. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> Microsoft Word. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, uh. And it was just like the music cue was just kind of off. Like, it seemed like it was yeah. like, way too bright for, like, what is happening so far. All right. But this is neat because we get to see some Clone Wars tech utilized in the original trilogy era with the Juggernaut clone tank being repurposed by the Empire as a prisoner vehicle. Yeah. One, one thing I do like about this particular scene is that we get to see like the name of the planets. 
like it was cool because I mean, like a lot of these planets are newer. This is the one movie in the entire Star Wars saga of Disney's uh, re- regime is that they actually went to different planets. Like this is what uh, the trading outpost. Yeah, I love this planet. I hope so, we see this. Oh wow, was that a Reaper? I never. So here we go again. That's another ship I didn't realize from a movie that I've seen a hundred times. I've seen a Tie Phantom, which is a ship that the, the either the Inquisitors or the Dark Trooper Death Troopers use flying over. Interesting. Um, but hey, I hope we see this. Speaking of who, in the Cassian Andor series, because I think there's a lot of potential they could have him on this planet already. Maybe this is like a, a place he goes to often for information from this Tivic guy. Yeah, I thought this was pretty cool scene. I mean, they they show the brutalness of. The, the rebellion they they show that side of it because that you know we see a new hope we see them as this glassy shiny organization that's doing the right thing when we forget like this is war so good people do bad things too and it's like he's got to protect an ideal of the rebellion so i'm gonna kill this spy to protect our secrets like even even though he's an ally he's like well i gotta just eliminate the the, the potential threat of things going to hell yeah that that was one of the um, most I mean, heck, we're only a few minutes into this movie. That was one of the most surprising parts when I was when we were watching this opening night in the theater. Mm-hmm. Was I was like, "Holy smokes, a rebel just killed like pretty much one of their own friends!" Like, I don't know. It, it was just such a weird, weird turn. But you know, like you said, it's 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 realistic. Like we mentioned about the Genosans getting exterminated. You know, the good guys like in our real life war, they're not all good guys. Like. Yeah. So it's just it's just a good like reflection of real life, I would say. Well, Ben, it's it's not even like they're not they're not good guys. I mean, a lot of them probably have all good intentions, but even yeah. good guys have to do bad things in war, or they have to do yep. the necessary thing in war. Yep. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing about Star Wars is a lot of it has been black and white, right? Like Darth Vader, stormtroopers, they're bad. Yeah. You know, Cassian, okay. you know, Cassian and the rebels, Leia. Yeah. Everybody like, good. And, just and, and, and or executed this guy. And I don't let you finish, Chris. I'm sorry, but he executed this guy. Now he's trying to escape because he knows that he has a bigger purpose w- when it comes to the rebellion. And I'm sure we may see that side in the Andor series. Oh, yeah. I think we'll probably see Tivik. It'll mm-hmm. make it even of a harder thing that he does after we see, like, the relationship between them, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, the, yeah. I... I, I I definitely think we'll see that guy just because of the fact, you know, under heck, even, you know, say what you want about the Disney regime, but they've definitely incorporated some like darker Star Wars jokes. Like in this movie alone, when he gets a bail saying he's heading to Alderaan, like it's like, oh, you know, so I I for sure think we're going to see that guy in the uh, the Andor series. All right. Mm -hmm. So here we see. Bodie Rook and Benthic Two Tubes, who has been one of my favorite aliens in in Star Wars that was introduced in the Disney era, and you also have uh, what is it the, the Gregorian guy behind the big wampa looking white creature, um, Mafak or something like that. So they have a lot of cool characters. Oh, I want to welcome Erin Daly into the chat room here. She's watching along with us, and everybody else can watch along with us as well. And, and thanks for for doing so. But uh, yeah, this is this is interesting because the beginning of this movie does jump around quite a bit. 
right? We're going to Wabani, we're going to Ring of Catherine, we're going to Jeddah, all within 10 minutes. So I know some people are like, oh man, I'm getting whiplash from all the locations we're going to, but it's, it's pretty cool because <laughs> we're getting introduced to all these characters that we need to see where their journeys begin because they all collide later on in the movie. This movie actually moves pretty quickly. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I forgot how fast this movie does move. Yeah, so I, I was misspoken before I said we were on Wabani. I guess they were on some other planet or something at the time when she was in jail, but... Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, they're on Wabani now, so, I mean, we're, we're good. I mean, I, I, I love this scene. It's You can see how dirty and grimy the Empire is. Yeah, you see the, the armor on that Stormtrooper? It's like, damn. Yeah, that was, I mean, you know, uh, you mentioned dirty and grimy, Milton. Like, that was one of the best parts of this movie. I feel like even seeing this after Force Awakens, um, you know, this movie felt more, I guess, quote unquote, like lived in than Force Awakens even. Like, it, it just felt, it, it just felt really realistic, I think. Um, you, know, you know, throughout the whole thing, honestly, just costume design, the the way the sets were designed, like it just felt more realistic than just like, you know, a bunch of like CGI and and that sort of stuff. Yeah. So we were just introduced to K2SO and this is an interesting droid because we get droids in every Star Wars movie. But the fact that we got a reprogrammed droid is something we've never quite seen in Star Wars. And that's that's a really cool character that is still one of the standout droids introduced in the last five, six, seven years. Yeah, I... I love the look of this this base. Y- Yavin Four, obviously, again, it plays a huge, you know, oh, it, it's a character itself in the in the New Hope film, and I love how they, it looks just like it. Just it looks a bit cleaner because of the technology of filmmaking, but it still looks great. Like it, it looks like the same base, obviously. Mm-hmm. Oh, what one hundred percent? Like in the you know in the meeting room right here, like it, it like you said, it just looks like a cleaner updated version of a new hope which is great like y- you know it- it's great they did this but it's it's also really good that they didn't go over the top like making it like r- extravagant extravagant just because you know they have to have it sync up with the new hope and like and mon mothma i i love this is this the actress that played mon mothma and uh revenge, revenge of the sith, sith correct and it, yes, which scene. i'm glad they brought her back yep. it's, it's amazing She's going to also be in casting Andor, yep. Yeah, but here's the thing. She looks just like the original actress from the uh, Revenge Revenge of the Sith, uh, Return of the Jedi, which is amazing. Which is perfect because, I mean, she is younger in this particular timeline of the movie, and she'll be a little bit older, which is like four or five years later. So it totally works. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And here we get the information about Saul Guerrero, right? This is a character that was big coming from the Clone Wars, this is our big like first animated character being super important that he's actually implanted into a live-action movie. That was a huge deal. And mm-hmm. another thing I was mentioning before about everything being black and white in Star Wars, up until around this point, because between Cassian Andor shooting his own guy to the extremism of Saul Guerrero and his partisans on Jeddah, it's like, oh, wow, this is this is where we're getting deeper layers of Star Wars and what makes this movie one of the one of the best Star Wars movies, in my opinion. Oh, without question. I mean, this movie, again, I would say this movie and the way they made it stands up to any Star Wars movie that's that's really good. I mean, this is actually a really good film, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely. Like, like uh, especially for, 
you know, we, we, we talk about a lot of the issues now that went on with Solo. This movie had a lot of movie-making issues as well. Like, you know, there was all kinds of different things going on with um, Gareth Edwards and Disney. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff going on. So for this movie to turn out as well as it did, like, it's it's great. It's, it's impressive, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... This is all based on a story about a paragraph from opening crawl of, of a new hope, you know, just, okay, there's this battle. They had this, the plans. It's like, all right, what, what, what happens with those plans? And it's a very intricate plot that it, it had a lot of moving parts and man, oh man, did they make it, make it well. And there's my man, Bill Organa, just popping on out. Like, I'm, I'm so, so glad he got Jimmy Smith's back to play that role. Like he, he is Bill Organa, and and if he his development in this movie, whether even though it was short, was perfect. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure we're gonna see him in in Cassian. This whole cast is basically coming back. Oh, there goes well, the ghost. See... Oh yep. Or, I was gonna I, say I, ghost. I, I was, ghost was yeah. coming up. Gotcha. Right on the left side. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a decent amount of Easter eggs in this movie that I'll try to call out. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, I know yeah. we hear I know at one point we hear like Captain Sindula at mm-hmm. one point. Yep. Yeah, K two I like K two SO. I liked his particular humor. Very dry, direct, but also it was funny. I I feel like he's gonna be in the Andor series as well. I think we oh, know that he's going to season two. He's going to yeah. get in season two. Um, we'll see. Well, I mean, I, I think I think he has to come back. I mean, he pretty much. I think everyone fell in love with that particular character uh, in in the movie. So I think he has to come back. Like those two are are a match made in heaven. Him and uh, Cassian. So there's a cool ending for the superior to Cassian Andor. What is his name? Like Davin or Davik or something like that. I, f- I forget his name. That the commanding sure. officer. But apparently he goes down, um, trying to hold off the Darth Vader, like boarding like the space station. But it's it's pretty badass because the guy goes out swinging, like he's like firing his blaster, and it's like another Darth Vader hall scene all over again. It just gets he just gets killed. But it was like. This guy kind of seems like like a a bit of a jerk for sure in this movie, but like he's still a rebel, you know. And it's like even though he had that that really awesome death off off screen, it was pretty pretty neat. All right. Yeah, that's a cool little tidbit. I didn't know that. Yeah, that was in the the Battle of Mech Shaw, which is in between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. Oh, so he also... lives through through A New Hope. Yeah, and that's also the same storyline where Rogue Squadron gets its name based off of like somebody telling Luke about Jyn Erso and Rogue One. Like he uses that as an inspiration um, to build up Rogue Squadron. So that's that's a cool little tidbit because it all comes full circle. It's like Rogue One, Rogue Squadron. Could they have been interlinked? And yes, they did end up putting that together in in one of the comics. So that's what's up. Interesting. I love the design of the U-wing. That's that's one of the best Star Wars ships we've had in a while. Just the way that it just spreads out its wings and and retracts and, and extends. Mm. 
Oh, yeah. I like well, vehicles are always like such a staple. I feel like in Star Wars, like any new iteration, like the U wings, um, even the way the X wings look in this movie later on. Like I just feel like the uh, the vehicle design in every Star Wars movie or show just I, I don't know. It's just always so good looking. Even going back to A New Hope, like they they always just are such a draw. I feel like like. They're right there in Star Wars, like next to the lightsabers and the droids. Like vehicles are right there in like the top five like iconic Star Wars things, in my opinion. Yeah, and they needed something for a big battle that's going to be like you know D Day yep. in, in in World War Two. Like they had to have a drop ship to get the troops there because all we've had is snub fighters. You can't transport more than one or two people in those things. So <laughs> makes a lot of sense. No, I, I love this particular scene here with Saul Guerrero. Like he he is my, one of my favorite characters in this movie, and obviously wow. for the great the, the great Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, he, people awesome. are torn on this character, but I think it's because he was so extreme from the Clone Wars to this. But again, <laughs> the the power of the cannon, right? You you've seen throughout the years they've been kind of showing the slow degre- uh, degradation of of Saul Guerrero through all the war he's been through. Right? You see him in Clone Wars; he's a perfectly good guy and then i think the next thing you see him in is jedi fallen order no you see him in bad batch mm-hmm. then you see him in, in jedi fallen order then you see him in rebels and by the time we get to like rebels he's like arguing with mon mothma and that's like three or four years before a new hope at that point he's already has like the respirator or like the armor and stuff you see him in so and i'm pretty sure we're gonna see him in as well in, in cassie and andor series so it's yeah. like dude this really shot's see. amazing yeah, the yeah, cinematography, no, I, like you said, Milton, is great. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the cinematography is great. Now, I can definitely add in, I am definitely one of those Saul Guerrero, uh, like, not fans of his character. Like, I, I don't know, I just didn't like his translation. Like, I think, almost, I mean, it may sound crazy, but I feel like it's 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 too accurate, like, too extreme. Like, I, I don't know, you, um, you know, it just felt too... Mm cartoony almost to me like like it, it just felt so over the top given that's what his character is like i can acknowledge that it just felt like a bit too much for me given I love forrest whitaker he's he's amazing um i just uh i don't know i'm definitely torn on on his per on uh saw Guerrero and live action in general but i mean i'm sure my opinion may change like coming up to the andor series like once we see him again and however he's portrayed now, can we talk about this Tarkin like CGI fire? I, I, was the first step. I, I, I did not know he was going to be in the movie. I ain't going to lie. They could have easily yeah, had it. Go ahead, Ben. Oh, I was going to say, when would have this been getting like made? Like, I'm I'm thinking about would have this been like about five or six years ago? They would have been doing this. It's been like 2015 like, that they were time. working on this. Because yeah, when did Force Awakens come out? 2015. Yeah, so this came out in 2017. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, so they started this. Was it sixteen? Yep. I thought they were released. They came out of Star Wars movie every year. Yeah, yep. that was every year's back. Oh, that's back, right. Yeah, back, that's right. Back. That's right. Yeah, you're right. Yep. So, so this could have been 2014. Maybe they would have started this. Yeah, I think how impressive that is. That that was only that was seven years ago or so. Six six seven years ago. And look how good Tarkin looks. Like, I love how right. we get the little shot of Coruscant. I was gonna say we gotta talk about that. It's our only shot in current Star Wars live action movies where we see Coruscant. I hope yeah. Cassian Andor he goes there undercover, tries to get something from an Imperial stronghold or something. I think 
I, I feel like we might see it in Kenobi, maybe. Hmm. Potentially. Um, Possibly. But now, just, just to go back on Tarkin, like, yeah, the technology is amazing how far it's come. And at that time for them to, I wouldn't say perfect it, but make it look pretty convincing. I thought it, it did its job. Oh, yeah, definitely did its job for sure. They could have easily had an actor just staring out the window and him talking, and that would have been enough. You know what I mean? Right. Like, or they, or, or they could have done a hologram. Like, a hologram. Like, a hologram would have made it like, okay, that makes sense. Tarkin's away, you know, on a mission somewhere or like on another ship. No, they wanted to show him like live and in person. And it's not even one scene, it's like multiple scenes. Yes, he's in a like, lot. He's an integral part to the story, it's not just a cameo. Oh yeah, like it just well, well with him and uh, whoever the voice actor was it. I think it was Steven Sant who plays him. Um, but he did yeah, a great Steven job. Steven Sant like, does the voice in Rebels, yeah, in Bad Batch. But I think there was a different actor. Was it? Yeah, I thought it was Rogue Steven Sant in this, but I I could be wrong. Um, but anyways, regardless of the actor, like whoever the actor was, really like nailed the peter cushing voice it sounded just like him like yeah what i really what i really like about the location of jedda is even though the story doesn't have a jedi in it it still manages to have a story that revolves around jedi with the ancient planet of jedda Jedi being a pilgrimage planet people go to like a mecca in star wars and there's like kyber crystals that they're mining like, that is so neat seeing these lander ships and the seeing a star destroyer just like docked out like in planetary atmosphere is also something like we haven't really seen a live action it's like it's just a physical thing it's like wow that is something unique yeah So for those of you that are joining us, we are about 26 minutes in, and that's where Jin, Cassin, and K2S are planning on going to Jetta City. So so do you guys think at the time of this movie coming out, did you honestly feel that we're going to see a lot of Jedi in this movie? Um, I did not. Well, I, I don't know. Once we started hearing more and more about it, because, you know, there were so many different rumors and different things about it but leading up to it there was like really no rumors that jedi were going to be in it i i i kind of went into it thinking basically the only force user we're going to see is darth vader and that's that's pretty much what we got to like i i really going into i didn't think we were going to see obi-wan um the only chance i really thought we could have potentially seen obi-wan was due to the trailer from celebration i believe right where it was where it was alec guinness's obi-wan's uh voiceover you know over the trees and stuff uh like i, I don't know it felt like maybe that that could be potentially right. but other than that i i felt like vader was the only one really going into it like i, I didn't you, you know it just falls into the whole timeline like like you're introducing these characters like even if say um jen was going to be a jedi like Where's she at in A New Hope? It's always that question, looming question of where these characters are. That yeah. makes sense. So this is a great look at Imperial Occupation, right? Like, this is another thing we haven't seen much of, like in a, a planet that is an urban environment with, you know, plenty of TIE fighters, plenty of stormtroopers, ATSTs, and 
this is one of the most egregious cameos. It's just like, hey, let's just throw in Panda Baba in there with Dr. Evazon, and <laughs> that's it. <laughs> oh, you, you, you don't like that? It was, uh, I mean, it's like, just throw these guys in there, and it's not the first time they do that in this movie, and I'll point out to the next one. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what other one you're talking about. We'll talk about that one later, but I thought I thought it was a fine little cameo. See, like I don't know, it was it was fine. I think just because it was like, oh, you know, haha, it's kind of like connecting us to a new hope. Like we get it. Like I, I don't know, it just it was fine. I guess like as long as uh, you know, I was fine with it just because they weren't like an integral part of the story. Like if they just popped in and was like, hey, we're coming with you guys. Like then it would have been like, whoa, okay. true. I love the look of Jetta, though. We'll throw that in there. Yeah, it's another desert planet, but they definitely diversify it enough with the people that are in there, like all these religious types. They have so many different like religions. If you like, get the yeah um, visual well, dictionary well, and see all that. Yeah, like I don't know about you, um, Milton, but like for me, I feel like Jetta. It kind of reminded me of like what you'd see out of like old history books from like like the mid like southeast asian middle eastern like buddhist like monks like that type of like ancient like or J japanese structures like those type of things like that's kind of what like jetta reminded me of mm -hmm. i agree with that i love i love the like religious aspect to this particular planet yeah another desert planet okay we've seen 800 <laughs> of them however it was nice to see like oh kyber crystal discussion Light, like you know, I think they talked about lightsabers at one point, and then now we they know, mentioned the wills. Yeah, guardian the wills. And now we when know, like, flying, what power. Yeah. Go, 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 Chris. When they were flying in, the establishing shots, many of them just show like these ancient statues of actual Jedi knights, just like half covered in the sand. Like you could see the history of this planet, and they even mentioned it in the High Republic. They said, like, you know. 200 years ago, oh, there was this huge battle in Jeddah and all this stuff. So I, I, I'm looking forward to Phase 2 in, in High Republic to learn more about what the hell happened. But yeah, you can tell there's a lot going on here. Interesting. You you know you know in the High Republic books, like you're going to see those statues not like covered up, probably. Yeah. Like, you know, you know they'll have that type of connectivity in there. Now this, this is fun, because... Uh, we get to actually see like the rebellion, uh, like these partisans as like guerrilla warfare. It's just like what happens. Like this is something like out of Star Wars Battlefront, the video game. You know, just like having shootouts in the street. <laughs> well, this is the uh, Saul Guerrero way of doing battle. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. And I think this is why leadership in the rebellion was like, hey, he's got to like, he's too much. Yeah, because they're like well, all these he... innocent people are like, as we see this little girl like caught in a crossfire. They think they're doing good, but like they're they're making themselves look like terrorists, kind of, you know. See, I didn't like that shot because that's a typical Hollywood shot of putting a screaming little kid in the middle of a battle. Come on. Yep. In real life, <laughs> that kid's like running out, or he's not driving <laughs> there. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I thought that. Yeah, I thought that was like kind of a little jarring too because. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I just I just kind of rolled my eyes. It's like, oh, screaming kid. It's like screaming kid in a theater, like screaming kid in the middle of a battle. Like we've seen that 10 million times before. Um, it's just stereotype. <laughs> I like how they're just running around going Kyber, 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 and you see more off just yep. running in the background there. <laughs> Do they say like the worth of the Kyber crystals? I know they're used for like a whole bunch of stuff, but well, it's they used talk... partially for the Death Star, correct? Like the crystal yeah, but itself. I'm saying, do they talk yeah. about like what is what is worth to like normal folks? No. Okay. Speaking of Kyber, like, gosh, I remember when I when I was a kid, I had a build your own lightsaber kit, and it was great because it actually came with like all the, like came with like six different Kyber crystals, like oh, green. What? Okay, generous. Like cool thing, you know. Damn. You your lightsaber. Nice. Okay, K two. You're, you're trying I, to be funny. Yeah, I really like Jen in this movie too. She's fierce, man. Yeah, no, she's good, and like this is where like all those weirdo people out there be like, oh, people who don't like Ray are like, oh, you hate women in Star Wars. I'm like, no, that's stupid. I'm like, everyone loves Jen Erso. Everyone loves Ahsoka. Everyone loves, loves Leia. Like, miss me with that. It's just the fact that that particular character wasn't the greatest. However, Jen Erso, she earns her spot in this movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I still, I, I was kind of laughing to myself because I still can't stop thinking of our discussion a few months ago, Milton, when you brought it up. And I was like, man, all these... All the Star Wars women are like brunettes or brown, brown, yeah. <laughs> brown yeah. hair women. <laughs> it's the truth. Uh, like I don't know. Like I mean, yeah. the only, only redhead that's nice is Mary Jade, but they're not going to put her in a canon yet, which is trash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's funny to think about. <laughs> like literally, like what 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 lead Star Wars female is different. When it comes not, to the latest, she's got Juno clips in there. She's got blonde hair and is a pretty cool character. Who? Juno clips. No, I'm, she's I'm, like I'm the... talking about like canon, like canon oh. character, like live action. Yeah, live action. There canon isn't character. any. Like, there isn't any. <laughs> like there, there's a lot of female characters that are. Now this part's gonna be fire in a minute. There's a lot of female right. characters that are dope that are aren't non-white or blonde hair, blue eyes, whatever. But it's not in live action. Uh, and then what's uh, Donnie Yen's character's name again? I forget. Sure, him way. He's badass. I, I love oh. this guy. Oh, I love him. I love how they had the insets on his eyes, like the close-up on his eyes. Yeah. You could tell like he's force sensitive because he. They amplify the sound of the sand of the crutching under the boots and. Oh my gosh! The fact that he's using the other guy's a shield. Oh mm -hmm. man. <laughs> See, part of me feel like he was a Jedi at first. I'm like, oh, maybe yeah. a Jedi, because maybe they're like spinning off of like Rom Coda. From uh, Force Unleashed. See, that's I always what thought I was that Cannon Jars is more like Ram Kota, but yeah. Mm. <laughs> right. Now, Chris, was there any? Is there any like um, 
background maybe that our viewers or listeners should know of of Chirrut, like anything in canon? We do have or is this a, just basically his main appearance. We do have middle a middle grade novel called Guardians of the Wills, which in retrospect mm-hmm. takes place probably just a mere couple weeks before all these events happen. Oh, so we don't really like have a lot to go off of just because it's also just a middle grade novel. Um, yeah, it's a fun read, but it's I don't remember much from it, if I'm being honest. They're like in Jetta City, and they're that's when Saul Guerrero first like lands and and has his partisans acting crazy, and he's like reacting to like why are they doing this sort of thing. Right. And they end up teaming up at gotcha. one point, but yeah. Interesting. They should bring him back at some point to do something because I feel like I mean Donnie Yen is such a great actor. Like he would be great to come back, um, you know, for something maybe in the Andor series or. Something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he's legit. I mean, I th- I think Donnie Yen was a great act or casting choice. I mean, I feel like this whole cast was well cast. I mean, they all play a good role, and they all you know, yeah, yeah. Bring, they bring something to this particular movie. Like that, they do it well. One of the best lines from the movie. Are you kidding me? I'm blind. Yeah, as the bat <laughs> goes over his face. Like, come on, this is. I love lines. these shots of the Star Destroyers over, yep. this, over this planet. Like they show the scale of it, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's bigger than a freaking landmass, like a mountain. Like that's how big they are. All right. Like, because like, oh, like, and, and honestly, God, like if if Star Wars was in quote unquote the real world, that's what it would look like over like one of our American cities. You know, like like what it looked like. You yeah. know, have a Star Destroyer over. The city of Chicago, or you know, somewhere or New in New York, or New York, you know, you know, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, like that'd be crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think this part, when it comes to this part of the movie, it starts to slow down slightly. I think they're obviously setting up the. The, the long-awaited, um, what, what's the word I want to use? Like, you know, reunification between uh, Jen and, uh, what's his name? Um, yeah, Saul Guerrero. Yeah, Saul Guerrero. And it's like, oh, oh Saul. okay. Yeah, Saul, my bad. Yeah, Saul. No, it's okay. And, like, I, I love how she's like, I don't want nothing to do with you, pretty much. Like, you left me, like, to fend for myself. Yep. I, lo- I love these kind of shots because these are the shots I love looking at in the visual dictionary of these movies where it's like, you have this alien species and you have this other one. And you have this character that's connected like the one character is like Bib Fortuna's cousin or something like that. <laughs> it's like, that's why I love these these alien shots like you would have if it was like going to the cantina shot. Like that's our sh- cantina shot uh-huh. in this movie. How do you guys feel about that? force prayer like you know the force is with me and i'm one with the force what were your thoughts on that it's so cool because since they've introduced i'm one with the force the force is many like so many jedi in other like mediums and other things i've used it like it's all over Mm. the high republic like luke skywalker actually says it in that excerpt that i was reading you guys or telling you guys about from shadows of the sith last week Mm. like luke actually says that so it's it's pretty cool. Again, like their retrospect, they're able to add this stuff to the canon, but it is pretty a pretty powerful message when you think about it, because the mm-hmm. Jedi is supposed to be part of 
the living force and through that is part of the cosmic force. So right. I'm one with the force, the force is with me because that's how they I, channel their power. Yeah, see, I think also another part of that, I, I really like it, um, you know, for starters, Milton, but I really think a good part of them saying that, it, I think it humanizes the Jedi more or the force users more to like us as an audience because it also reflects like, hey, they are also potentially scared about the moment they're in, like, or nervous about the moment they're in. Like, like Luke in the excerpt, for example, he was surrounded by all these, like, Sith ghost guys holding lightsabers, like, and he was saying that. So, like, you know, that sort of thing, like, it, it kind of humanizes the Jedi a little more versus just showing them as pretty much pure, like, gods. Mm-hmm. That makes sense to me. Yes, like they're they're humbling themselves, like they are vessels yeah. of the force. They're not they're not using it like it's a knife or something. I mean, they're using it in defense, you know. So, I I want to call out. I want to switch subjects here and call out just the fact of the appearance of Saul Guerrero and how it almost kind of foreshadows what what Anakin went through and the transformation of Anakin Skywalker and about how he was so obsessed with like war and everything else. That, you know, Saul Guerrero is kind of like a symbolism of that. Like, this guy spent 20 years of his life just fighting nonstop. And this is what happened to him. He eventually became almost more machine than man at this point. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that that's this this could be like the parallel of Vader. You know, when it's Anakin and, and uh, uh, Saul Guerrero. Um, I, I but think the difference is, in my opinion, is that Saul... Like his brain was mentally, he was just done mentally too. I think at this point, like he just was, you, you can clearly see it. Like just how he was not the Saw Guerrero that we knew back in like Clone Wars. Yeah, he he just became he became a warmonger. Oh yeah, like I think, I think it was definitely an interesting um trans translation for his character. Like don't get me wrong, like I said, I I don't like this character much at all in this movie, but I think uh, his translation from animated live action was interesting. Um, you know, as you alluded to, Chris, like it just shows like how much war grows on somebody. Like if you compare him from this to his first appearances in Clone Wars, like there's definitely a big difference in the character. So uh yeah, like his overall arc I think was done uh you know whether I like the character or not, I think his I think the overall arc for the character was done really well showing the progression from where he was to what he eventually, basically, war turned him into. Man, I can't get over Tarkin. Like, he's, he looks so good in this movie. <laughs> See, and that, that's one thing to bring up for you guys. Like, don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, everyone can have their opinions, but it just drove me crazy, like, around this time, like, hearing people say, oh, it's just like a video game cutscene with Tarkin, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, I think it looks great. Like, I really do. I think what I mean, really it, sells it... Go ahead, Ben. Or Milton. No, I was going to say, it looks like they, they improved it since the release. It, it's been significant. Like, they, they've made touches on that face. But, yeah. I'm not sure. I think it got better. I mean, I think they, they oh, yeah, I, and repurposed some of it. What yeah, I, I just what paused I, it. Chris. It definitely, I, I think they, I think they touched it up. Well, I think the reason why it looks so good is because, 
the the framing of the actual interior that they're in there's a lot of shadows on his face oh without question if you're in a darkened area it's a lot easier to sell than if he's like in the broad daylight you know oh you you, absolutely i mean go i mean think about the next movie that's coming up is new hope he's lit a lot like not lit as in drunk but like lit as in like lighting um (laughs) Like you know, he could have been drinking at some point. You never know. But uh, I mean, he's saying like he's well lit, so you clearly see like the old man blemishes on his yep. face, and, and they they try to do that here, but they they have they have to purposely use some movie magic, and you know use a lighting to make it. Hey, let's hide the blemishes. However, we know that he'll be. He'll be seen differently, slightly, I mean, I guess significantly different in the next movie, but he still looks the same. I, I like I like how they kept the graphics, like the 1977 graphics. Yeah. Yep. Now, th- this is a pretty emotional scene. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, obviously, with, with the sound on, like, this makes you feel like getting your feels. Yeah, this is one of the best scenes in Star Wars. Like acting, you know, and gravitas and emotion. Mm-hmm. Oh, for oh, sure. For sure. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, even though we're supposed to, you know, have a commentary, it's it's kind of hard to not watch the scene, even with the sound off, and not get sucked in. Oh, for yeah, sure. Just... I mean, I, like, I don't know about you guys, but, like, I could watch a Star Wars movie and know every line and sound and stuff if it was muted, or I could do it in reverse and just listen to it and still know exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like, I think what sells a scene is is the reactions, right? You're you're seeing just Jin not saying a word, but you can you can empathize what she's feeling with just her facial reaction, and you're seeing Saul Guerrero just like looking over, you know, just like damn, they build this up. Oh, Felicity's acting was great. I I think I think her acting in this movie was was one of the better um, performances, um, just in general, uh, like in, in a lot of the Star Wars movies. Honestly, Maz Mikkelsen is so good in this movie too, man. The way he's delivering this monologue. Yep. Oh yeah, I mean, definitely. He, he kills it. He kills it. I mean, it, it's just. I mean, you can see it on her face. Gosh, I still was partially saying to myself in the theater, man, that's the James Bond villain. Yeah. Huh. And we're going to get his brother as Thrawn, probably, in live action. Yep. Well, <laughs> like, yeah, that's I mean, coming for Rosario Dawson, so... Uh. <laughs> this is crazy. Wow. Mm. I mean, I you know, I really so- like the vi- the visuals of this movie. I think the visuals are just so dang good. Mhm. Yeah. No, I, I love the, I love Yeah, but see, I love the line at one point when Tarkin or I think Tarkin or or, or um Krennic was like, should we just blow up the whole planet? He's like, no, we just need a manifesto. You know, whatever it is. It's, it was a dope line because he's like, I'm just trying to prove a point. We're not trying to like destroy the whole damn planet. 
Oh, yeah, because yeah. in the Star Wars comics, Luke Skywalker goes back to Jedi, and it's like a complete, like, hellscape. Like, there's just, like, mm -hmm. lava and everything else because they didn't use all the chambers of the Death Star. It was like a test fire. Right. Yeah, that's pretty I mean, I just love how they says, listen, we're not trying to wipe it out, but we want people to know, like, we have the capability. And yeah, Saul, so Guerrero, Saul Guerrero could have actually gone with him. He needs to stop playing around. Like, he, he was being a stupid, like, jerk. <laughs> yeah, I... I wish, you know, say what I want about Saul Guerrero. I wish he would have went with them. I think it would. I think it would have made the final battle even better. Um, mm -hmm. The final um, beach battle on uh, the base. I can't think of the planet, but but the final battle would, would have been a lot better with Saul Guerrero. I think. I agree. I, mean, I don't know what he would have done. He was barely able to walk. <laughs> I, I just, you know, something. Oh, let me know. And him, he probably would have tried to be in the fight. He would have done something. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, Chris. And then interesting point you made um about Luke going to Jeddah, like with lava and stuff. That just shows how powerful the Death Star blast is. Like it can cut through potentially miles and miles of like crust on the planet. Yep. I feel Damn. bad for the uh, I feel bad for the Borg gullet. He's gonna get killed. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm happy for it. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's, that's a hell of a shot right there. That's that's insane. Wow. That's crazy. I couldn't even. Oh my goodness. I can't imagine. I'd be scared. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'll be I'll be, I'll be peeing my pants. Honestly, God, like, I'll be like I can't move. Oh yeah, we we would all be probably done. <laughs> we'd be we'd be doing our our last pod, last outer rim transmission. You ain't lying. <laughs> uh, okay, it's time to go live. Desktop blast <laughs> coming at us. Yeah, I like I said, it, this the whole visuals and cinematography was well done. I mean, it this is some of the best Star Wars filmmaking in a long time. And there you go, your boy just taking the L. I don't know why. Yeah, you know it is it is it is crazy to think about too. Like with the Death Star, like. You know, just like the scale of it. Like, think about that. Like, looking up into our night sky, like at the moon, and think of that as like a space station ready just to like blast our planet. Like, it's just crazy to think about well, the scale of it compared to the planet. That's what I like so much about that one ignition shot when it shot the planet at nighttime. You can see the Death Star. It's eclipsing the freaking moon. Like, that's how big it is. It looks like it's mm -hmm. an eclipse, yep. but it's the Death Star in front of the moon. Yeah, this is a dope shot. Wow. I just yeah, yeah that's, that's insane. Yeah. I love how the audio the atmosphere. Just look how I was getting out to the atmosphere. Like, that's insane. Wow. Silence. Like, yep, that's, that's my baby. Hmm. I believe I owe you an apology, Director Krennic. British accent. <laughs> so good. 
T. Krennic being a weasel. See, I think that shot of Tarkin like looks so good. Yeah. Yeah, I Chris, I really do think they touched him up like significantly, like since the early oh, yeah. film. He looks oh, so they... much better. Like he wasn't I mean, he had his issues at first, but that looks like a human like being. Yeah, well, is it I because we got is... used to, to Luke Skywalker CGI? Maybe we're more forgiving? I don't know. Maybe it looks but like great though. But, yeah, but think about though, I mean season whatever, season two or season one Boba Fett, like he looked better. In that particular episode, compared to his first appearance, like we all thought he looked better. I right. think the technology has caught up so much, where they can go back and touch up on this stuff in these films. Hmm. Yeah. Now, like I said, this, it's just it's amazing where the technology has come. I mean, honestly, I would love for them to do like just to give me a full Luke Skywalker series at this point. Let's go. Yeah, we need. We need that yeah. one. Like that, that could be like a freaking eight hour podcast for us to talk about. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Like literally like side note, like they could easily, easily. I mean, how many crappy shows do you see carrying on for five or six seasons? They could easily have a five or six season. I mean, heck arrow and the flash were on eight or nine seasons. Like we could easily just give us a, five to six season eight episode per season luke luke series between return of the jedi and force awakens and just build out his character to the max like just go go crazy with it <laughs> i love even the old school de detail of just like the comm station with the headphones and all that oh yeah those little details, I feel like, are what really makes this movie. Well, I mean, think about it, too. These guys are using a technology that's probably obsolete compared to the Empire. Oh, very true. Yeah. So yeah, now, Bodhi... We are no, 54 minutes. Yeah, we are currently at 54 minutes aboard the U-wing on their way to Edu. So I I think this is a strong part of the film. They're talking the ship. Obviously, you know, she's very much about her father's message and the Death Star, but I think I'm I like the camaraderie that they all share. Even though it's a very tense moment, you can definitely tell like there's good chemistry with these with these uh with this cast oh for sure like they they nailed it on like the chemistry between um the actors the lines um i believe uh wasn't it was it kasdan that helped write this movie um or was that Lawrence solo uh he did rogue no he did solo and force awakens oh okay never mind i was thinking yeah. of solo all right but, well i think was it tony gilroy came in shot some stuff and mm-hmm yeah, yeah Gil Gilroy did like the final 20-ish, 20, 30 minutes of this movie from what it sounded like. Um, yeah, like like he came in and took over basically the final part of this movie. Which, I mean, hey, I, I mean, I can't complain. Like, don't get me wrong. It's, I, I am iffy on like 
Lucasfilm strong arming Gareth Edwards because like there was def there was definitely things out there like like and it was from Gareth Edwards himself like after this movie he he talked about like having to play ball and like the term play ball basically means you you listen to us or you get fired so like it was it was kind of weird in that regard because it was like okay like you know you're strong arming your director into letting another director come in and yep. mess with your movie but to me hey at the end of the day at least um at least the movie turned out the way it did because Gilroy nailed the final 15 20 minutes all right this scene is this is ahead, cool Chris. how they, they retcon, well, not retcon, but they enhanced A New Hope by having the reason of an exhaust port. Like, what is what is the point of this little six meter long thing to destroy <laughs> the giant weapon of the Death Star, right? That's the whole crux of the story. Well, they, they did a good job at doing it. I liked it. It was all an inside job. I mean, it makes sense that not everybody would agree to like what the Empire was making. A lot of these people are forced to work for the Empire. They have no other place to work or are literally forced, you know? So, again, yeah. adding more layers to factions and things we assumed we knew about. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, even thinking about it from that angle, like, you know, heck, you probably have people that just signed up for kind of the quote-unquote army for the empire like thinking they were just like the good guys and they didn't ex expect it to turn out this way and then they're they got in and were like oh man this is this is not the army i signed up for oh yeah and i mean think about it too a lot of these rebellion officers probably had a family friends just a lot of nepotism throughout you know the empire and, and again they they needed bodies because they, they were done with clones yep Now we get more of this wartime feel with the rain, the mud, the dirt. Like, I like this. Yeah, it's just like Black Ops now. They're sneaking around. Yeah. Exactly. Now, I never understood this part sometimes. Like, whenever, is it, uh, not Baze, uh, Chirrut, he asked, like, it, it, does he look like a killer or whatever? I never understood that. Is that him just using a force? Like, what is that all about? You remember that yeah. line? Yeah, no, yeah I know. I think, see, I think. Feeling, I guess. I think he just had a, a weird feeling about him. You know, it's like that gut instinct. Like, sure, he has the force, but I feel like um, at this point, he's probably trusted Baze's judgment on, you know, up to this point, pre pretty much being like kind of his guardian type person with him. Mm. So, uh, I feel like that maybe combined with his like force intuition is kind of like, you know, him trying to judge out like, hey, is this guy actually a good guy or not a good guy? Yeah. Oh, by the way, my. Oh, I was gonna say real quick. So my my cousin actually got a full like, Jetta lego set that came and he has like cheer it and bays and like this rogue one crew and stuff and he sent me a snapchat of it a few days ago and i was like what the heck that's that's awesome that's impressive we have mm -hmm. alex elkins in a chat saying rogue one is the greatest star wars movie ever will never convince me different damn <laughs> well uh, hold on i'll t i'll tell him 
I st- I'm still not a fan of Saul Guerrero, man, and no one will ever change my mind on that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I know it's up there with a lot of people. I mean, for me, it's probably it's yep. definitely in the top five. I would say. Oh yeah, I mean this movie. It just oh, this movie's so good. Like I, I never get bored with it. Like I'm not even kidding. Like this is one of the movies where. If it's on TV, I'm, if it's on regular cable, I'll stop and watch it for a little bit. You know. Yeah. To me, the, to me, this is like in the four and five range. It's it's definitely top five for me. It's not number one. <laughs> but like, I mean, they. I just felt. I just love the vibe of this film. I mean, it just it was something different, but yet something we were familiar with. And and it's a story that needs to be told. I've always felt like you could have tied in. I think I might have mentioned it before in a, in a previous podcast, but this story could have been like part three of like the Fortune Least like trilogy. Like if you really oh. wanted to like, if, if you really wanted to bring in like Galen Ur- or not Galen Ur- so Galen Merrick, Star Killer, he could have been part of this story, you know, in some way, shape, or form. Or oh, yeah. keep, the, keep this as as his own movie and make part three of Fortune Least three lead into Rogue One. You know, hmm. again, I'm just that. That's that. That's my head cannon. That's why I put it that way. Oh yeah, I mean, you could definitely tie it in that way. Fun little thing too with this movie. I know, like a big buzz going into it was it. It's great, like seeing people how like things extrapolate, and then seeing like the final product, like how it's different. But I know with like all the leaks surrounding this movie and the way the Rogue One crew looks like like Jin and, and Chariot and Baze and all them, um, it was like heavily rumored that Rogue One was going to actually be um, bounty hunters stealing the Death Star plans for the Rebellion. And then it turned out to actually be just Rebellion troopers, well, Rebellion affiliates, I guess. <laughs> I, remember, I, I remember that rumor. I remember that rumor, yeah. Yep. Well, did they say this was going to be like the Dirty Dozen or something like that, right? Is that the comparison? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, something to the nature. But, yeah, I, I'm... Yeah, I, I like this part of the movie. Again, like I mentioned, I love the grittiness. Um, I feel like... Krennic, I, they they pretty much established Krennic as a as just a heartless, like like jerk. Like he, he's he's like he comes off as very arrogant, but somewhat caring. But he's not. Like he's all he's very selfish, and and he's very oh, impatient. I, you can definitely see that. Yeah, I think Krennic was done really well. Like mm. like him and him and Jin are my two favorite characters. I would say from this movie, like Jin, uh, Felicity does a really good job on her acting and. Mendelssohn does a really good job on his like I just I just think he like he nailed it like he really did like he he nailed it as like you know an up-and-coming imperial officer just trying to like make his way in the empire well question that's just how the empire acts I mean you see it all the time in, in the different various stories uh on screen yep. and not on screen it's just they're all trying to one-up each other they're all trying to just get past any boundary they can to get to success. So there's mm-hmm. stereotypical kind of character in the empire, but he's got a lot of personality. Ready? Aim. 
that accent kills me every time. So great. <laughs> hey, at least it's a change up from British actors. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But here's the thing, though. Like he, first of all, I I, I love a cape. I I will rep a cape any time. But yep. on a rainy ass planet, come on, man. Like take that cape off. <laughs> yeah, but is it is it kind of what is it is it one of those capes though? Maybe like kind of like Batman's, where it kind of just maybe beads off of it. I think that's what it's doing. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it looks like he's got like a giant windbreaker on. Mm-hmm. I'll say the same thing. Now I forget why do they want Cassian to kill Galen Erso? I I forget that particular reason. Did they establish? He says it. He says it to him. When he's leaving to come to the planet, but he doesn't say like why. If I don't, oh, oh, I, I, think I don't it, remember. Is it? I, I, it's because um, I, I bet you they don't want him to squeal like what the weakness is in the Death Star. But the rebellion Maybe. doesn't want him to wheel or or to squeal. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because because think about it. Like the rebellion knows there's a weakness now, but the Empire doesn't. So if they take him out, he you know. Krennic can't basically interrogate him and say, why were they trying to get you? You know? And then they would guard the weakness. I I guess that is kind of like a weaker point. They didn't really emphasize the that, like, really, really well. Yeah, I know he gets the orders to take him out. I'm thinking, and I thought they might have mentioned, like, because he could build another one or something. I can't remember. Something. Yeah, you're right. I don't think they really established it that well. I think they just referenced it. Father! Yeah. Captain. Now, I do like... Now, th- this scene coming up with the whole uh, rebellion with the squadron popping up, it was dope. Oh. Like, I thought... Yeah, like, that. those ships look so good flying through those caverns. This reminds me of, like, a mission from, like, the old yes. Rogue Squadron games. Yes. Because this is very story- much a video game look. This this is basically we're in this era of Star Wars, Force Awakens, Rogue One. This is the first time we're seeing like in atmosphere dogfights and stuff with the fighters. Up until now, it's all been in space only. Mm-hmm. It's so cool just seeing the chaos of these fighters coming in and laying fire and explosions everywhere. Father. Middle of a battle, screaming your dad's name. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> You're asking to get shot. Yeah, just draw attention to yourself. Love the shot of the TIE fighters. Yep. Dropping out of the hangar. So I wonder what happened, like speaking like TIE fighters and, and Imperials, but what happened to the Death Troopers like, after this movie? After what? What happens to the Death Troopers after this particular film? Like, what have is there a comic? Or oh, a they're all around reference? still. Yep, yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, in the current Darth Vader series, Darth Vader, um, after Empire Strikes Back, he's he's got like a squad of Death Troopers that occasionally goes with him on security. Okay. Yeah. So, can we assume the Death Troopers are uh, early version Dark Troopers? Uh, I don't know. I'm not certain. 
Yeah, I wouldn't want to like. I, I don't know. It, I'm not it's, sure. Yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure. Because I don't, I don't remember reading or seeing anything on canon about them like. You know, transitioning being, like, to it. Yeah. I feel That's like true. in canon, they're just making them just droids only. Oh yeah, I guess they would be droids only because I mean. I'm assuming that's why they let Luke kind of slaughter all the dark troopers. Because remember, we in Bad Batch we see like a proto Death Trooper or a Dark True. Trooper. Well, that I just don't think, like, like just the way things are, like with live action, they weren't going to let Luke do what he did to the Death to the Death Troopers and Mando. If they were if they were actual just people like we wouldn't have seen Luke crush a normal person like he did at the end of the Death Trooper scene like um, so yeah that makes sense. This was a good scene. I, I enjoyed this like whole the, the the father and daughter reuniting, but then being very tragic. Mm-hmm. Star Wars is always about parents and their kids. You couldn't take my man with you? Like, see, why are you going to leave him there? <laughs> this, this music is so stirring right here. I love this music right here. I mean, yeah, the music itself is a character in this movie, and it's it it fits it well. Oh, it's just so hard, you know, because she's she's her father's dead, and she can't like have the time to really say her goodbyes because they're getting shot at. You know, it's just like mm -hmm. this moment is stolen from her. It's just like oh, it's so terrible. Huh? Well, yeah, I mean, and and they they do a good job at showing that you know it's it's amazing yeah it's it's a very emotional scene that's very much like still chaotic it, it they do a good job at letting the audience know like you need like this is some shit's going down and it's going to get even worse oh yeah like this is just really building the it's not final stakes to the movie but you know it's like pushing us forward toward the back half of the movie like now mm -hmm. you know things are getting in more like more in motion right right i mean this what would be what maybe mid act two towards yeah. the end of act two yeah because now you got the conflict that's going to be built up between Jen and Cassian. Exactly. You got these these different dynamics, these interpersonal relationships now starting to form and causing a little bit of a dynamic. See, I don't oh, understand wow. how, how to... What? Oh. Oh, continue, Milton, with your point first. Uh, no, I was going to say, I don't see how she understood, like, how she knew he lied. I, I felt like that was not very well explained, but, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, I just got... Uh, I just got uh, fact-checked by one of our viewers here. He texted me. Um, so um, Alex, our chatter in the chat, 
he mentioned, I, I forgot about it completely. The uh, the Dark Troopers or the Death Troopers were also in the end of Mando season one when they uh, when they pull up and have everybody held up at the end. And oh. I forgot about that. Wow. Completely forgot about forgot that. Forgot about that. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good pull. That's the furthest into any of the Star Wars canon, because that's like five years after Return of the Jedi. Yep. I want to see flashbacks of him as six years old in the Clone Wars, like with his parents, because we know in the novelization, which is a really good novelization by, by the way, everybody watching and listening, read the Rogue One novelization if you're a fan of Rogue One, because it really sheds a lot more light, because it actually goes more into the mindset of Cassian, and explains how his parents are actually separatists. Yep. So I would love to see like him as a little kid, like on the street with like a shootout going between like the Republic and the separatists, that'd be so sick. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that line in particular just says, like, okay, this guy's been through war, clearly, and he's not about just as being an, a quote-unquote something to do. This is a lifestyle. Oh, yeah. Just think we're going to be getting 12 episodes of him. We're going to see a lot more of this planet, I would assume, mm -hmm. uh, next month. <laughs> Mustafa. Oh, yeah, this... Well, did you notice Gosh, they, they didn't label it either? They just said, hey, like, people should know what this is. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, seeing oh, yeah, this go thing on, Chris. in the theater was like, oh my God, are they going here? Are they really doing this? <laughs> oh, yeah, because we get spooky Alfred here. Good old Vinay. Yep. I love that he was in the Lego special, by the way. Yeah, he's popped up there in the comic books. My one cousin actually has a, his figure, by the way. He has a figure? Yeah, he had a, he has a figure because um, he had this like um, like a Rogue One set, you know, like it was like Vader in a back to tank with Binet and like just that little seek, little setup, basically. Like a Lego? Like a like a plastic figure. Oh. Yep. Yeah, like, like I, I don't know what what do, what what do you call like the the figures that like we grew up on like the like the eight like how many like three, three and quarter, three inches quarter figures? Inch? Yeah, it was something like that. Like he oh. has that. Um, yeah, he has Benet with a uh, back to tank invader. Yeah, I feel like we're going to definitely be seeing some Musafar. Yeah, next month, it's crazy. LA, I love this scene. Yeah. Vader's a badass. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, Vader's, Vader's amazing. Like, I can say at first, I, I actually had to sell myself on this scene after seeing this a couple times. Just because, like, I wasn't sure on Vader's joke. Mm. Be because it was like, do we need Darth Vader joking? But then again, I thought about it. And I was like, well, I guess it fits Anakin's character. And I guess, you know, this is still Anakin uh, underneath everything. And then on top of it, you know, he still does say, like, 
like in uh, Empire or Return of the Jedi, like apology accepted, Captain Dita after he like choked him and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, he's done you know, this sort it, of thing before. Yeah, so it's it's consistent. Um, so I'd, I I yeah I sold myself on it, but for, first first viewing, I was just kind of rolling my eyes, like oh man. <laughs> no, like yeah, I just love how he just he he doesn't play around, dude. He, and all of a sudden, the whole yeah, you're right choking your aspirations he's like okay this guy he clearly doesn't understand me he's not listening he's all about his ambitions like he's ridiculous also it's great too like from krennic's perspective i do like that they showed i mean how courageous and bold krennic is to like knowingly just walk in there basically demanding to darth vader like you know this guy up to this point's murdered how many people like you know it definitely takes some guts to go do that. <laughs> yeah, would it be a Star Wars movie without a big council type scene? So here we go. Bail Organa, all those people. Dodonna, Draven. It was great they made Dodonna look almost identical. I know. To the way he looked in. Like, identical. Like, for him being an older guy. Okay, so Steven Stan plays the role of that Mon Calamari character. Admiral Raddus. Oh, where he goes, we're gonna fight! Or whatever. Now, Stanton played Tarkin in, in the animated shows, though, right? Yes, he did. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, because, I mean, the main reason I brought up Stephen Stanton to begin with was, I mean, I knew he played Tarkin. I just, uh, and, and I remember just because around that time period, like, he was interacting with me, like, quite a bit, like, on my Twitter, like, just back and forth, like, like tweeting back and forth with me about uh, the Rebel stuff. So ah. that's why I just brought that up. Uh just because I was like, I don't remember if he was talking in live action or not, but, you know, was talking with him. There you go, rebellions are built on hope. Tagline. I say we fight. Speaking okay. of lines, I'm so glad they, they cut out that line of her saying, I rebel. Yeah, that was trash. That was that was really cringe. <laughs> yeah, I will say that line was kind of trash. It's a rebellion, isn't it? I rebel. <laughs> oh, man. So is this where we would say Tony Gilroy what stepped in? Because where are we at at this point with one twenty? Um, from what I heard, anyways, it sounded like he only did like literally the final like twenty twenty five minutes of the movie. Like we're still like he he basically corrected base. Um, once they go to what's the planet where the uh, the base is at? Scarif. 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 
basically from Scarif to the end of the movie is where they correct it. Like, like the final like 25-ish minutes or so. Yeah, now it, it was cool to see this scene. I thought the scene stood out. Again, like, it's crazy how fast this movie does move. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, we just what, watched, um, uh, what's his name, die? Um, Saw Guerrero die, I felt like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> look, we only have, look, we only have 55 minutes left. Or so. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's such a quick moving film. Like, I, that's why I didn't like, that's why I didn't, I didn't think this movie was bad because it moved well and it told the story it needed to tell. Well, you didn't stay in one scene for too long. Yeah, pacing, pacing is great. Yeah, now what we get a quick shot of our favorite droids coming up soon. Spoiler. <laughs> yep. And I but, think we also get the... Do we get the Sandula reference here? It was already on there because I have subtitles. Okay. I've seen it. Yep. Gotcha. Well, and we already missed... Wasn't um, wasn't in the prior scene, didn't Chopper roll by? No. Or is that later? That's later on when they, when they first get to Scarif, I think. Okay. They call in the fleet. Oh, yeah. Wait, Chopper's in this? Yeah, Chopper's in this. 100% he's in this. Where I don't remember this. <laughs> he and he rolls right in front of the camera, like it's like yep. a like you see it. You're, you know, it's right in front of your eyes, like it's not hidden at all. This is a pretty good set, though. I mean, you look at all these actors and everything else going on in the background. Big set. Yeah, I, I like this. He's like, don't they say like make him feel like a hundred or something, or make ten men feel like a hundred? That was a good line. Yeah. yeah, I like that a lot. And then I will say now, Ben, I want to know your thoughts on this. The whole like how they got Rogue One. How do you feel about this scene when they talk about it? Does that make sense to like, do you? Remember that? They're like, oh, what's your call sign? Or the name of the movie? Yeah. Like, how how do you feel about it? Uh, oh, for for just for naming them, like the the crew that yeah, yes. like ah, I thought it was, I thought it was fine. Also, it's just kind of one of those, uh, I don't know, almost meta things like, like hey, Rogue One, that's the name of the movie. It's in, mm-hmm. it's also the name of the crew type deal. Like, right. like I I don't know, I, I'm kind of neutral on it. I think it, I think it's okay. It's just, it, to me, it's kind of, not shoehorned, but I guess it's kind of shoehorned in. Then again, I guess to counter my own critique of it, I guess a rebellion is kind of like rogue. So like the first the first ship like going to rebel or whatever, I, I don't know. So I guess it would be Rogue One, but right. I don't know. It's I mean, kind of iffy. Now this scene... This is the best scene in the movie, besides the Star or Vader thing. Because, I mean, he, they just say, your friend, in the desert. And I was flipping yep. out. I'm like, I'm like, Kenobi? 
Oh yeah, I about jumped out of my seat. I was like, Obi Wan. Yeah, <laughs> even though I know. we're not going to see him, I want to see him. Yeah, but it's so tragic too because we know Bale's going to, you know, bite the bucket. Spoilers. Oh yeah, I know. It it was great. Like somebody in our theater, um, actually yelled out there. They were like, "Don't go to Alderaan!" Like said it verbally, like loud, and the whole theater laughed. <laughs> <laughs> Man, just think we're probably we're I mean, we're for sure gonna be seeing Jimmy Smith's in the Kenobi show, I'm sure. So like I don't know, I feel like we're gonna be getting a lot of him over the next like two, three years. I love this particular part of the space of the uh planet. What was it called? A uh, um space gate or something? Shield gate. Shield gate, yeah. Dope. That's the wish, design. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, I wish more planets had that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just neat because this is like the R&D location of the Empire. Like, they're going to have this under lock and key and they have the entire planet with a shield. Like, that's just, damn. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and like, because at first I was like, well, I'm like, that don't make any sense. Like, they, they can fly on the other side of the planet, but it's like, no, the entire planet's covered. You only can get through this one particular part when you unlock it. It was fire. I mean, it, it's smart thinking. Gosh, the kind of reminds me of Spaceballs when they, when they open up the planet to suck out all the air. <laughs> uh, gosh. Yeah, this is this is such a good like, new thing to Star Wars. I do believe oh, that yeah. there is some version of this on Coruscant um, towards the end of the war. Because I think it's mentioned in Alphabet Squadron when uh, what's-her-name goes down there and follows the Admiral guy, I think. So, got to look back at that. I mean, well, then so, again, Milton, I, I guess if the only thing is with the shielding, like for planets, I'm sure that would be so expensive, like all around your whole planet. For sure. But I, I think for something like this, I mean, you, it's it's necessary. True. Yeah, it's not a civilian planet, so it's not like they have to deal with too much traffic. Like they know exactly who's going in and out. Well, it's a perfect planet for it, too, because... It's on the beach. It's not like there's cities and yep. multiple, you know, buildings that worry about. You know, you know, there's only one or two maybe hubs of people. So you're right. It's it's easy to control who's in and out and who's going to be where. Yeah, this was the post that people wanted as a stormtrooper. Like, apparently, to become a short trooper, you had to be a decorated stormtrooper. But this was like, if you got a position on scare for any amount of time, it's like it was basically like a vacation, you know. To go, I get to go to Scarif after all my hard work, kind of thing. Yeah, I'd be cool with it. Yeah. I mean, theoretically, like you're going to be basically retired, like almost retired there, like because it's so easy going. Like you're not going to ever have enemies. Right. Oh, now until today. Yeah, until today. 
Yeah, like I said, so this um, this whole scene, well, first of all, I like the design of this base. Scarif was actually well, I think, done. We've never seen yeah. a beach planet. Um, we've had water planets, but a beach planet, though, like, I never could imagine, like, Star Wars having something like that. Yeah, well, the cool thing is um, about Scarif, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe... Um, for the shooting for this movie, they actually had uh, wherever wherever they were shooting this the beach location at when the stormtroopers come out. Yeah, Maldives. Yeah, they had the Maldives like actual like army like like servicemen actually played the stormtroopers on the beach in this sequence. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that, I, I don't know, I just, yeah, that makes sense to me. Like, that's pretty dope. Yeah, like, I, I love when Star Wars incorporates, like, you know, just real life, like, letting real life people get into a movie like that, especially, like, you know, servicemen and women, like, hey, that's a cool thing to look back on, like, holy smokes. When I was just at my post one day, like, Star Wars production came and was like, hey, we're shooting here. You want to be in it? Yeah. Yeah. Again, I think the the cinematography, like again, this movie doesn't get enough credit for its look. Like it, this feels very much like Star Wars, obviously, but the cinematography, everything's well lit, everything's well shot. I don't, I haven't seen one bad shot. Even the dark scenes, when I say dark, like the color, they they look good. Oh, this is one of the most best. Uh... One of the best shot Star Wars movies out of the entire saga, in my opinion. Right. Now, yeah, this is this is neat because it's like like classic, you know, a New Hope type, like oh, getting getting into disguises to go and infiltrate, you know, classic Star Wars. Right. Good point. Yeah, but like so this this guerrilla style warfare, this is what their rebellion is all about. Like they know they can't win, you know, going up against them one on one. Like that just doesn't make sense. So let let's be let's coward not cowardly attack, but let's be non traditional in our attacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have to be. They don't have the numbers to be able to stand yeah. like just head to head. They have to plan ahead and have different tactics. Oh yeah, you you have, you have to go outside the norm. I mean, you know, back in you look at. You know, because I'm a weird history buff like that. Look at the old yep. American Re- Revolution, how it was very traditional in war. But then what did we have? We had our, our American militia that would do, like, these sneak attacks. You know, mm-hmm. like, it, you have to. like You well, got to switch it up. Well, look in um, some of the instances when, you know, you'd have, like, uh, you know, the Americans fighting Native Americans. Like, the Native Americans, there was a lot of guerrilla warfare. And, like, it threw off our armies. um just because it was so out of traditional warfare style. Right. Now, apparently this area was filmed, like, in a subway in London. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. Yeah, they went, like, they filmed there, like, overnight. They, like, shut down part of it and, like, basically filmed right there. Yeah, now, I was going to say, when you say that, now, now I was, like, staring at that scene just to... You know what I mean? Like, point out, like, is that... Does that look like a subway? <laughs> they always have yeah, those I... stormtroopers talking about their speeders. <laughs> yeah, well, do you know who's voicing them? Yeah, Seb Whitware and David Collins. Who was it? 
Yep. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Dave Collins and Sam Whitmer. You're right because they they said like I heard them talk about how they done that for other stuff. Uh huh. I think I think, I think, I think some of the animated movies or shows. So yeah, it's pretty cool. See, these stormtroopers are trash getting beat by a guy with a stick. Yeah. Yeah, like I mean, realistically, if I was the stormtroopers, I'd just stand back and shoot at him. Mm. Dude, that that suit looks crispy white. That's crazy. Oh, I love like out of. I think that's part of the one of the reasons why I like Krennic so much too. Is like I think his suit looks so clean. Oh, it's fresh, dude. Like I mean, like I'd I'd probably want to join the Empire too. I get to wear cool outfits. Oh yeah, if you could be like, hey, if I can get promoted to wear a white suit, I'll join. <laughs> Facts. Now, after what are they waiting for? Go, go ahead, Chris. This is what makes Star Wars movies great, right? Is having all these different plans come together in the end. Mm. You got the space yep. battle. You got the people sneaking around. You got the big war front going on outside. Mm. All serving a purpose. Like, they're all going parallel to, like, helping each other, which is the cool part. Oh, yeah. Well, like you said, you can finally see how, like, this is all piecing together to lead to the Rebels' first victory. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they definitely, like, do what they need to do to get it done. And and it's... And, and what's nice is, spoilers, you know, people do die. But, like, they, they knew that was going to happen. They knew, like, hey, like, this is how we're going to win. We have to sacrifice people. Are you blind? I love that. I love that part. Yeah. <laughs> and they just stand there. Literally, they're disguises. See, and, and that's the type of, to me, that's the type of Star Wars humor that's really good. Mm. Like, you know, from other movies, like not to like dog on the last Jedi, but like Trash. you know, you have the whole you have the whole you have the mother joke in the beginning between Poe and Hux, and it's like, do we need your mama jokes in Star Wars? Yeah, like this type of joke with Krennic, that's a Star Wars joke, in my mm. opinion. Now the troopers in the sand or the brown tan, that's the sand troopers, right? Is that what they call them? Short troopers. Beach troopers. Short, Short troopers. troopers. Okay. Yep. That's right. Yeah, and that's the those were the Maldives uh, yeah, uh, veterans. Yeah, Chris, I'm gonna keep saying it, dude. They touched up on him because he looks so much better. There's no way, like Chris, he looks so much better. He looks good. I, I, but... I really think they did touch up on him too, Chris. I I really do. Just like looking at him. I forgot yep. about the I forgot to do the close up shots to his face and it's like they, they, he, he looks more naturally older like compared to what because the, the first time like I said it wasn't perfected but I mean you can definitely tell he unless I'm missing something and they all look like they're from the 70s I, I do like how they make these guys oh. in the rebellion look like they're from the 70s like, I mean, with the mustache, the haircuts. Yep. We, I like that consistency. 
We just missed Chopper, man. I forgot to point him out. Oh yeah, to you. you just missed oh. him. He was right at that scene with Mon Mothma. They're running out of the base. You could see him. Mm-hmm. We can actually hear him too. Yeah. Now here's my question though. Do you guys think they should have had Wedge or Biggs or even your boy Porkins in his movie? Not Wedge because he says like, "Look at the size of that thing." So like, no, that's he, right. that's he wouldn't have known. He wouldn't have known. You're right. He wouldn't have known. Yeah. How about how about Biggs or uh, your boy Porkins? I see. I I was fine even without them being in it, just because I have always even even before this movie, I've always been a really big fan of Red Leader, like the main guy. Like I I think he did. I think he did such a good job. Whoever the actor was that played him, I, I'm not sure, but he did a yeah. such a good job, like just playing that kind of like southern sounding pilot like you'd imagine you know yeah no i like that he was in a movie and i love how they got rid of red five at one point like they just killed him off so luke can get yep, a spot yeah. later well one of the best parts about that too was like you know that's old just archive footage from a new hope yeah which is i mean it's dope how they can just say oh we'll just tie it in it looked good to me yeah well the thing is like they're explaining in the visual dictionary is like they have a rebel. They have a lot of rebel pilots, but they don't have a lot of rebel fighters. So it's like you can't have like all yeah. your guys in on one battle because they just don't have enough fighters. All right. Yeah, this this scene is so dope. The music, dude, that that starts building up when they're looking for the uh, the plans and have to climb up is so good. Now this shot, I did not expect this. This got this partly in the trailer. But not how they how it's scaled like this. This reminds me of like Jurassic Park, like a T Rex, yeah. like when they're all running through the yep. freaking jungle. It's right. like crushing the trees. This is so cool. Oh man. Oh yeah, here we go. Oh man, that's the money shot right there. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> So oh, good, it's so good. The admiral, his admiral, see Admiral Raddus. Let's be real here; he's the MVP of this movie because he's like, we must go leader, go leader, yeah. He's leader. like, we have to fight. It works, man. Love it. Yeah, he he God, wasn't I, scared. Oh yeah. Oh man, this is this is when I become speechless because I just sit here and watch the movie because it's so good at this part. <laughs> no, this this is like, literally this the last. What we are uh, this is, one the last what thirty six minutes of this film. <laughs> yep, dude, this yep. movie's fire, dude. Like I, I'm not even kidding. Like this is, like they they look so good flying these ships. Oh man, I love the oh, angles. Yeah. They're going out with the yeah. X wings. The visual right. effects of them. Close the field. Look how look! I just look how, yeah, that's pretty cool. Doesn't one of them get killed here? I think because yeah, Red Five does. Oh, right okay. Look how they get this so tight good. shots of this. Yes, <laughs> love it. So you can know a movie like this is like impactful because 
like after seeing the space battle, like I literally hopped on Battlefront and got into a space mission to yeah. like mm. play around. I'm I'm hoping that some of these space battles at Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga are somewhat decent. <laughs> yeah, uh, they look pretty. Oh, good they're fun. Us, dude. Yeah, I, th I think they'll be fun. I don't think there's any Rogue One in there, unfortunately, but that's okay. <laughs> See, I still think there's hope for it though, because from the first trailer, I mean that's a discussion um, for another time or whatever. But from the first trailer, if you watch the first Lego trailer there is the Vader shot with the alarm from Rogue One, like the hallway scene with Vader standing in the hallway, like yeah. quick, like it's like a one second cut. So I think we're going to get some type of Rogue One something in the Lego game. Okay. You let me know how that, how that game is because I probably won't play it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I got these walkers, dude. Oh, I can never get enough of these walkers. Well, a lot of this on the ground feel, too, it's just, um, you know, this is the first time we really had a good on the ground moment with Star Wars, like with the walkers yeah. and everything since like mm -hmm. Empire and Return of the Jedi. Like, I feel like, you know, our first our first big moment with walkers was an Empire. And then, of course, we got a little bit of it in Return of the Jedi with the ATSTs, but, mm -hmm. but like seeing actual ad ads, wow. like, I, I think it's great. Oh, I just you're, love you're... how they're smiling and laughing in the heat of battle. It's like, yes, they finally got a win, you know? Yep. Yeah, dude, like freaking adrenaline. Empire wrecking them. This is the Rebels' first victory, major victory against the Empire here. These guys are like, wait, what? We got to go out there? <laughs> yeah, he's like, I can't do this. Yeah, at this point, I mean, whoever's watching, listening, if we get sucked in, like, sorry, it, it's <laughs> it's it's the best part of the movie. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Now, fun. Uh, for so here's some fun facts for like for our viewers and stuff. So, you know, keep this in mind. Like, so for this final, like these final sequences, the original pitched. Um, version of this was vader was actually going to go down to scarif base and handle it himself like and it was going to be basically um like one of the writers from this movie was getting interviewed and he said it was on the table like it, it was one of the final few scripts it was basically vader it was going to be a reverse d-day situation basically where vader you know vader was going to do a one-man d-day thing but you know of course him being the bad guy so it'd be like kind of a evil version of d-day um, but, uh, you know, they, they switched that around be just because, you know, uh, they weren't sure how, how OP they wanted to make Vader, like just taking on everybody, basically. That makes sense. This music, I'm pretty sure this is like that role this music cue is pretty good. That's yep. what I remember. But we're looking at the space battles, and, well, the next movie on the slate of Star Wars is the Rogue Squadron movie with Patty Jenkins directing, so 
I mean, they have a lot to live up to. Now that we're watching this, it's like, holy crap. Like, a movie that's called Rogue Squadron has to somehow up the space action Rogue One. I don't know how that's going to be possible. <laughs> I agree. And it's going to be all fighters, right? Like, that's the whole movie is about fighter pilots. It's going to be probably four or five battles like what we're watching in that movie alone. Oh, yeah. Hopefully think, there is. You think so, anyways. <laughs> I swear they give a lot of love to the. Oh, there he is. Who's that? Is that a goal? Not goal leader. Is that goal leader? Yeah. With the Y wing. Okay. Yeah. So great. That is the most amount of Thai fighters I've yeah, ever seen. Yeah, that's pretty. That's legit. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the Empire at this point. Like they they really are coming with it. They they just want to end these people, but it's yeah. Can we just give it the saying? Let's keep giving love to that uh, Admiral, you know, Radis. By the way, just let you know, every time he puts he's on screen, he he's just like making an impact. Oh, one hundred percent. Like if he wanted to push this one of taking place. Now who's. Who's the guy with the uh who's that lead fighter on the uh on the beach? You know what I'm talking about? The guy with the blonde mustache? Melshi, right? The guy that took his hat off? I think so. The guy was just on the walkie? Yeah. No no no. The guy he's uh he's down on the beach like in the ship as like the leader of like that team. Oh, Bodie Rook? No, not Bodie. The He's got the mustache. He's a pilot. You know what I'm talking about? I forget his uh, name. Wait, the X-Wing fighter pilot? I think so. General I, Merrick? That might be it. Yeah, the, the I, blue, I, blue leader or whatever. That's it. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, that's the guy right there. Oh, this is a now, TIE now, now that ship. Yeah, what is that ship? I forget. TIE Striker. Okay. Doesn't uh no that's not what what's the name develops what does no, Thrawn has the def tie defender defender okay yeah the tie uh, the tie strikers are made specifically to fly better in like in atmosphere oh that's big deal war mantle black saber. All the, the code names. So War Mantle was the Stormtrooper program from Bad Batch, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Black Saber probably has something to do with Dark Saber, I would assume. Yep. And there was one other thing in the, that they mentioned that I haven't heard of since. I wonder... Hey, maybe... Maybe, uh... Maybe it has to do with Mandalore getting glassed over. One mm -hmm. of the other one. Oh. Good job. I'll tell you what, man. I, I K2, he's a hero in this, in this movie for sure. Oh, K2 is great. It's Alan Tudyk, right? Yes. Yeah. Good old Firefly. So. Yep. <laughs> Ah, oh, it's the first guy to go down. Mm -hmm. no. Stay a lot. 
Oh, he's just climb. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, and this is where, you know, you really started thinking, oh, man, they're actually going to start taking out our characters. Like, mm. like they're not going to get a happy ending. <laughs> I really like the touch of, like, the, the lights slowly going out in his eyes. Yep. Like, it adds even more of, like, a human element to, like, the detachment of him. Now, what did he just say to him? He said about there's some system being act. Is that talking about the system? Yeah, like he knows yeah, that they're okay. in that room trying to get the plants. You have to hit the gate. The shield's open. Okay, gotcha. So they're looking to now transmit the plans out. Mm-hmm. Got to get the high-speed internet going. So, for those of you that are watching, we are at one hour and 48 minutes in Rogue One, but it really is such good stuff with 26 minutes left. Bodie Rook is plugging in his cable there. We have the TIE Phantoms, the TIE Strikers appearing on the beach. K2SO is dead, unfortunately. I ain't gonna lie. I, I want one of those TIEs ASAP. Like, there was a fire. Oh, yeah, the TIEs look great. So green leader goes down, or is that blue? Blue. Wasn't there a scene in a trailer with like Krennic walking in the water? Yep. Do you remember that? No. Nope. We don't. We don't get that one. I feel like there's another beach scene. There are so many <laughs> things we didn't get from the trailers. Like there's okay. the one scene where like she has a plant in her hand and they're running away from a walker. Mm-hmm. Then there's another one with the TIE Fighter appearing like right in front of her on top of the outpost building tower. Yep. Yeah, this oh, the movie's first like renowned for that. Yeah, the first initial trailer, a good majority of that trailer, I believe, wasn't even in this movie. Man. You see the Death Troopers doing absolute work here. Oh, they're wrecking people. Like That's why I like them, because they actually kill people. They're not playing around. They're not like the Praetorian Guards. Yeah. <laughs> they're not they're not the regular stormtroopers, bro. That's all man, that's all that's important. <laughs> oh nice. Yeah, if the, if, the sound, if the sound was on, dude, the music would be blaring right now. This music's so good. <laughs> yeah, like this is, yeah. I forget who sacrificed himself here at this point. Is it the, is this a uh, Chimrit? I'm not, he, yeah, sure, he does yep. it. Sure, he does it. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. The plans are like a regular nice. hard drive. Ah! <laughs> Chris, you old so school great. 70s vibe. I, I mean, it's good they did that, though, just to like keep it consistent with, with oh, the yeah. new hope. Mm -hmm. 
Things are really heating up. Yeah, yeah this is pretty dope. Wow. Yeah, the action. So I don't think we really talked about the action much in this movie. I think it's really, really, really good. Like I. Yes. She. Yeah. Well, like I said earlier, these final like 20, 25 minutes that we're in right now, these are the, um, this is the total basically rework of Tony Gilroy, which is he's doing the Andor shows, so you oh, know right. that's a good, good sign. Right. Wow. Yeah. If he's actually being in charge of the series, like I'm pretty sure wow. he's. I'm pretty sure he's credited on. I, I'm pretty sure he's like throughout like, not a producer, but I'm pretty sure he's he's. No, I'm pretty sure he's involved. been heavily involved. Like he's, yeah, he's like an executive producer or something. Yeah. But yeah, so basically, these final twenty minutes of reviewing, like, it's kind of what we could potentially be getting in the Andor series, action-wise. Oh no! And we haven't really talked enough about the relation between Cheer and Baze. This brotherly yep. bond they have. It's just like, man. That's good. Well, oh, oh, it is. It's really good. One of the funniest parts, too, I'm sure you got you guys may or may not remember it, but um when Donnie Yen and the guy that played Baze were at celebration, um Baze the guy that plays Baze cracked the joke about Donnie Yen's character dying, and then yeah. he stopped. Then he stopped and was like because uh, he, he basically said he didn't understand like the English translate translation exactly, so he didn't mean to say that. <laughs> so, no, he says, and he all those guys die. He says, and yeah. all those guys yeah, dead or all, something all like that. Or so. yep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and they like cut <laughs> the feed, or or like like you could tell all the actors on stage were like shocked, but, like oh my gosh, please oh, get yeah. this guy to stop talking, <laughs> like. Yeah. And then they edited it, they edited it out of like the live stream so you can't ever see that part. <laughs> I love the yeah, use of the ion torpedoes. Yep. And it shuts down. Wow. I even yeah, I forgot ion... I forgot to use those. Yeah, the ion torpedoes were always so fascinating to me just going back to Empire when they used them to uh clear out for the rebels to escape from Hoth. Alright. Admiral Radis is so clutch. <laughs> now what's his ship? I forget. Is that like the hammerhead? No, it's uh what's his ship called? Oh man. This is like Corelli or something. Yeah. Oh man. It, it has a specific name, though. I, I 100% remember hearing... Yeah. Oh, oh I know. Cool. I used to play the game that had the ship in it. Oh, right? He's dead. Yep. The main thing was he got the message out in time before that happened. So he's... Yeah. I like that shot. Yeah, people are just realizing that the ones on the planet are not going to make it all alive. Now he's just like a madman for that. He's like, I'm gonna kill everybody. Yeah, this is badass. 
killing spree. Yeah, we shake. Damn. Achievement unlocked. Yeah. Yeah, I just love. Damn, this is brutal. Oh, it is actually man. good they did. It it is actually good they didn't bring Vader into this because he would have all these people wrecked in about twenty seconds. Yeah, I could imagine him like using the force too on on like the X wings and like throwing the X wings down into troops on the ground and crazy ass mm -hmm. stuff. Man, like that. gosh, Chris, don't, don't even say that. Okay, never mind. I retract that statement. Vader should have been on the beach then if he was gonna pull an X wing out of the sky. <laughs> That'd be kind of dope. I love the use. The now these are old Republic ships. Now they first appeared in Knights of the Republic, and then they later appeared yep. in Star Wars Rebels as canon. Mm -hmm. But to again, see these things and like the fact that they're living up to their namesake of a hammerhead, like they're literally butting into these freaking cruisers and pushing them is so cool. Yeah, I uh, I like that that ship a lot. Now, now, back me up on this particular scene. I remember in a trailer, like a Tie Fighter pops up. That's in front what of I was her. talking about. Yep. Yep. Okay. So right. like, why did why did they get rid of that? No idea. Because I mean, I think I oh, heard. Oh, I, I know what it. Um, basically, Milton they they re. They replayed the the ATAT -AT scene like twice. Um, they had an X wing blast the AT to AT and then blast the the Tie Fighter in like the exact same shot structure. Mm -hmm. Basically, is why. Because okay. you know it was basically repetitive shots. Okay. Now, that was that was the reasoning. Um, when I when I had done my reading on it was basically they had those shots and you know it was basically you, you know you don't want to repeat the same style of shots just yeah like that <laughs> which I mean it works in my opinion it works great for an ATAT oh man that looks good dude that's, that's amazing a shot that's, of that's, that's a, yeah. That should be like a puzzle or something. <laughs> a 3D puzzle. Oh, that'd be great. Wow. Yeah, I like that. Mm. Koenig's like, what the hell is going on out there? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's crazy how we only have like 15 minutes left in this film, and like I feel like there's still a lot more. Like, this is oh, insane. Yeah. Why would you ask that stupid question? Who are you? Like, <laughs> I didn't like her response. Oh, that was corny. Yeah, you know who I am. I, I just feel like. Now I mean that's so knows. that's so stereotypical. <laughs> yeah, it's like, bro, you don't have to do all that. It's extra. That again, is it, it play go, go ahead, Ben. It's it's just exposition for the audience. Yeah, is literally all it is. And that's all it is. I think they're just trying to get you us to think that well, Galen would know, but you got to hear us or hear the person tell him that. But it's whatever. Damn. I still remember all the theories 
he's Jin Ray's mom. Oh, God, I hated that. <laughs> oh, my gosh, dude. <laughs> it was just like, oh, come on. like It's because she's a petite brunette chick. See, again, my point. Again, the old graphics, though, like that's what I'm saying. I, I kind of like that. Oh, 100%. This is basically the the outro music mm-hmm. that carries us all the way to the end. Now, do you think they could have got off the planet? Yeah, they probably could have. Like, they, I mean, the shield is down at this point. If they found some kind of a transport on the ground, they would have been able to fly out of there. But I guess... Mm-hmm. They just really didn't have enough time. I mean, I mean, I feel like someone could have gotten them. I mean, it's just I don't know. They didn't have to die, but it makes sense that they did. Well, it's like you and I was just yeah. looking at this. You have those GS ninety five transports that have no other purpose than being a transport, like those bubble looking mm-hmm. ships. Yep. Like they don't have offensive yep. weaponry on those things. Like why else are they in the battle? Like have one of those go down there and scoop them up. But mm. oh yeah, Lord Beta will handle the fleet. When, when he said that, I was like, "Oh man, it's gonna get real." At yeah. some point in this movie, it's gonna get real. Dude, my neighbor right now. So I'm down here in my living room, and my neighbor is like outside, like crying with his kid. <laughs> the world. This is wow. crazy. Like this is this is the thing about having a live podcast, fellas. Like you hear this stuff like outside of your house. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, the kid was a ten something. Maybe the kid need to watch the Star Wars to make him feel better. That sounds like it. Yeah. Well, that's like an- another interesting thing, too, that got cut. So we have, like I said, the Vader Normandy scene earlier. And then another one that got cut that was on the table in the final thing. And then they decided not to do it was the the, the our main Rogue One crew of Jin and Cassian and all them. Basically, it was going to be the exact same ending where... Uh, where they're trying to hand the plans off to Leia's cruiser and Vader, but Vader was going to be the one chopping up Jin and chopping up Cassie, and they're like, "Hold up, this is actually too dark. Yeah. Like, we can't, we can't have Vader going cr- like this." Brutal, oh, like, I love that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I babe. love go that. Ahead. Oh, you're good. Yeah, he just runs right into it. But go ahead. Yeah. Do you hear that? Boom. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was, I that was, the uh the audio design of the. This whole final twenty minutes is great. Like the music, the sound effects, etc. And then, um, I know also Gareth Edwards mentioned there was going to be a sequence of. So we had, like I said, the Vader like brutally killing our main Rogue One crew, which you know they wouldn't have passed that because that was just too much. And then also there was apparently they considered having. Jin and Cassian survived by shooting off in an escape pod from somewhere in this sequence. Like apparently one of the ships had an escape pod where they could have shot somewhere out into the ocean or, you know, away from this place, away from Scarab base. And they considered doing that, but they decided not to. Gotcha. Yeah. But I, I, I just got to say, I love the fact that Jin and Cassian or not like a romantic thing. Like that's just a, a brotherhood type of experience of like, hey, we're gonna both die. Um, let's not be alone in this moment, you know. 
Yeah. So, but there was no oh, romance. Oh, I would have. Oh, I would have crushed it if they would have started like making out. I would have been like, "Are you kidding me?" I think. Dude, this mother effing part. Chris, you know, I don't I don't like to drop F-bombs on your show, dude, but at one point, you, you almost got one in a, in a second ago because this, this part is so badass. <laughs> oh, it's incredible. There we go. Like, just, just, the Vader uh, scene. Like this, man. This makes me want to be a villain, dude. It turns so know, into quick, real quick. Did you guys notice he shuts the he shut his chest plate off before he goes into action here? Oh, I didn't. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yep. I didn't yep. That. So yeah, if you guys didn't notice that, so Vader, I'll explain it. Let's just watch this scene. Mm. This this is great commentary. Everyone being yeah. quiet, but hey, no. But the look, look at the slice. Oh, I love that slice in half, dude. <laughs> how fun, bro? I I remember seeing this particular scene. And I remember going to work like that next day because I watched it on a Thursday night showing and I told my one yep. boss, I said, yo, he reminded me of Michael Myers. in Yeah. I was like, I, and I was like, because they were like, how was Vader in this movie? Because they didn't see it. They heard about him. I was like, they, they, they do him right. I'm like, he was in it for eight minutes total the film, but they do him right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he threw that guy into the ceiling and chopped him. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I'm like, That's fire. That's like, one of the most badass looks of vader just like his cape billing in in the wind with like the hangar bay of this face around him like oh yeah yeah they definitely yeah now now looking at this scene again they definitely could not have had our rogue one crew be there because that would have been way too brutal like hank mm -hmm. but uh what was i saying oh yeah yeah so when next time you guys check out this scene if you notice, right before Vader springs into action on him, like when he surprises him, if you notice, he shuts his chest plate off, so it's almost like a surprise. And when he does that, though, you know, when um, from what I've read, anyways, like in terms of like canon and stuff, when his when his the lights are off on his chest plate, he's basically holding his breath. So basically, he went and like basically did that as a surprise tactic mm. to uh, surprise the rebels there. <laughs> well, there you have it. Credits are rolling on Rogue One, a Star Wars story, and two hours and 15 minutes have now passed us in a blink of an eye, because as Milton was saying, <laughs> at one moment we were like 40 minutes past the song Rare Death Scene. It's like, hey, that felt like 10 minutes ago. Yeah. That's credit to the writing, credit to the directing, everybody involved for making this film so enjoyable from, from start to finish. So, Oh, yeah, it, it's this... a, yeah, it, it stands out. Like, this movie... I just can't, man. I'm sorry. Like this movie's so good, and and I just love how it ties into a new hope. It just strengthens a new hope so much for me. Oh yeah, this this movie, it really adds to a new hope a lot. Um, I think heck, talking about animated animated parts, even the Leia part wasn't that bad. It was a little clunky, but it works. That's the important thing. Like you know, we can't look back on these movies and just judge them like, oh, we're judging them with 2022 graphics. It's like, yeah, this movie is made seven years ago. You can't judge it on that. Um, so, like, to me, I think it, it all worked. It flowed really well. I uh, I really love the cinematography for the movie. The cinematography is great. The story is great. The characters are great. Mm. The, va the Vader scene easily is, in my opinion, one of the top five Star Wars scenes just just period. It's just in the top five Star Wars scenes, I think. Um, and yeah, like, I don't know. I feel like this movie, 
you know, we, we can uh, rate it, fellas, if, if you'd like. I would say this movie, for me, you know, out of the grand scheme of things, it's, like I said, it's not my top three, but it's definitely my top five favorite Star Wars movies. So with that, I would have to give this movie a 9 out of 10. I echo you on that, Ben. I've, I was thinking about 9, 9.5 yeah. out of 10. Yeah, I, I think I think a 9 for sure. I mean, it, it's got, to me teeny weeny flaws and some like clunky dialogue here there and some of some choices but nine out of ten like it's not a bad it's not a bad star wars movie obviously and it's not a bad movie in general oh for sure milton you're um you brought up a good point when we were i don't know maybe halfway through the movie or so you mentioned when you see it on tv like you'll stop and watch it that's when you know that's a good a good movie facts like i do that for rogue one i do that for the original trilogy movies i do that for revenge of the sith I'll, I'll do that for Force Awakens because I really enjoy that movie. Yeah. Um, I, ne- I never do that for the middle sequel movie, but uh, <laughs> but uh, like I just think I'll do yeah, it for like, Attack of the Clones, dude. Like I'm not even oh, joking. Oh, Attack like, of the Clones like, for sure. Like if people sh- shit on that movie, but it's like Attack of the Clones ain't bad, but it's very very much rewatchable. Yep. Oh, for sure. Like that's the that's the funny part about it is like we sit here and we're like, oh, we'll stop on TV and watch it. And then, you know, you're getting commercial breaks when you can turn on Disney Plus. But there still is, to me, there's still something about watching a movie like on TV for just, you know, scrolling through the guide and seeing, oh, Star Wars is on. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah. But man, oh, man. First spinoff movie, right? We were going great. There's going to be a lot more spinoff movies, but we see how things are going now. But hey, we are getting a spinoff series with with Cassian Andor. So. I wanted to make sure we watch Rogue One before we see that series later this year because it's it's nice that I will have watched this fresh now before that. I'll probably watch it again, honestly, before that show comes out a little closer beforehand, but good, good, good. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what we got coming up, let's see, this week uh, we had Bounty Hunters number 21 release. A lot of fun there with 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 Byler and Val- well, actually Byler and Valence is not in that one. We have Tonga and we have all these other characters. So go check out my review on that one. Uh, next week is a big week. We got Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. So I'm, I'm looking forward to you know sharing my thoughts on the podcast next week. I'm sure I won't have the game beaten by then. Uh, it comes <laughs> out on Tuesday. Um, so me and me and Ben will definitely give uh, our initial impressions of what we think so far. So far of the game, so really looking forward to a new Star Wars video game release. We didn't have a single Star Wars game release last year, so it's it's quite overdue. Um, I was to say, you guys can have your own little segment whenever you talk about that. By all means, go ahead. <laughs> oh, yeah. like I, I, uh, I'm super excited for that game. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, Like you said, Chris, I'm sure we won't have it beat by then, just because there's so much to do. But uh, I can't wait to like dive into it. Um, Obviously, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it throughout the week on our social media channel, social media accounts and everything. And mm. I don't know. I just think it's going to be a fun game, like finally an open world Star Wars game like we're getting until we get the actual open world game. So, like, that's something at least. Yeah. So I've been seeing a lot of footage um, of that on the Internet and looking forward to playing through through all of that. Uh, for yeah. those of you that want to see what we're doing in the future, you can follow us at our Twitter handles. Um, 
what are you talking about this week, Ben? Anything particular? Well, sports um, is kind of. Are you following any sports right now? What's going on with all that? Nah, not football season. There's no football season, so I I'm not really following any sports. Um, basically, what I'm up to. Also, you know, just to uh, give a shout out, um, and if our, any of our viewers or listeners, like, hey. If you're on social media like this week, send Matt Lanter, you know, from Clone Wars, well wishes because he got emergency, he got hospitalized this week actually, and had to have an, and had to have an emergency surgery. So like, if you see Matt Lanter on like social media, like on Twitter, like, hey, send him well wishes, like, just because I'm sure, I'm sure he'd like to like get his spirits up and stuff. So that's just something right. just to, like shout out to our viewers and audience, like, hey, hey, give Matt Lanter a shout out. Um, and then for me, I. Don't really have much plan this weekend. I just watched, caught up on the Halo episode, which was amazing. And that show's great. Like, I feel like I could just go and sit and watch the first two Halo episodes again because it's so good. Um, and then I'm going to work out. I'm actually down. Um, it was great this week. Like, so, you know, I'm dieting and stuff. The scale was kind of stuck, like, from, like, Sunday to wednesday it wasn't moving and i was like oh man and I, I was like you know i've been hitting my diet perfectly so i know that something's happening just the scale hasn't moved yet and then today i got on the scale and i was down three pounds from last week so i was like sweet like you know finally it it happened nice. so uh yeah so uh diet's going well fitness is going well uh lifting's going well and yeah so it's just been it should be a good weekend mm -hmm. um and then I'm going to get up and lift tomorrow morning and that's about all I'm up to. And then, you know, you can find me on Twitter at real Ben Maynard talking pretty much star Wars and fitness and a little bit of sports right now until, until the fall. <laughs> Heck yeah. What about you, Milton? Oh uh, yeah. This weekend, actually it's WrestleMania weekend. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Pat McAfee is there. Yeah. Pat McAfee is it color commentary for SmackDown. So, Yep. You know, for those who don't know, I'm a huge wrestling fan in general. Like, have I been a fan of WWE over the last couple of years? I've been on and off about it, uh, but I do like watching still when I can or even keeping up with the storylines. So tomorrow night, I'm hanging out with some buddies. So we're going to do the first night of WrestleMania at my friend's house, which is going to be fun. Some dates, some drinking, having a good time, laughing, reminiscing about our childhood of being wrestling fans. Um, also I'll probably, I mean, tomorrow morning I'll get up and do my normal Saturday core and cardio workout and, and I'll finish off my work or my workout week with a good Saturday workout might ride my bike depending on the weather, uh, this weekend. Cause I do like bike riding usually on the weekends or hitting a heavy bag at the gym. So I, I'm saying with Ben, I, I work out like a madman and I'm usually up every day by four o'clock in the morning nice. at the gym. And trust me, these guys have seen my workout videos on Instagram and Facebook, and I go hard. And uh, I'm actually down – what am I down to now? I'm down – this morning, I was down to 256. Man, uh, you're, you're I, killing it. Yeah, you're I started dumb. out – I started out uh, – you know, drum roll, please. I started out in this journey last June weighing 364. Holy crap. So That's I, 110. <laughs> oh, almost it's, it's about 105, 100 – yeah. So, I mean, I feel great, look great. I mean, I, I'm pretty much back to my body I had when I was in college playing, like, college football. So, yeah, like, I feel awesome. Again, these, got, these guys have seen my transformation. So if you follow me on Instagram, um, great. Even on my Facebook, that'd be great. But usually I'm on Twitter talking sports at Milton Weber 7 
again, if I want to throw my Instagram handle out there, I'll probably let Chris throw it out there eventually. So, yeah, if you want to check out some fitness stuff, you know, by all means, hit up me and Ben. We always like to talk fitness, make sure that, yep. you know, you promote a healthier lifestyle because, you know what, our health is the most important thing we have in life. So, Oh, for, oh, for, for sure. That's one of the most important things. Like, a lot of people view fitness as – here we go. Outer Rim Fitness Podcast. Um, Here we go. But, you know, you know, a lot, a lot of people view fitness as, you know, you know, like for example, like with your Instagram or like social media posts, like they view it just as, um, what's the word, like aesthetics, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like people, you know, they'll see people posting workout videos and think, oh, they're just doing it for views or you know, because they want to look good or whatever. But no, it's like those people are like in trying to like improve their health and stuff. Like you shouldn't like roll your eyes at it. You should be like, oh man, that's cool. Like I. I'm impressed by like they're they're putting themselves out there like that because a lot of people like a lot of people probably couldn't even put themselves out there like this just to talk on a live stream like we are much less post an actual video of them lifting for example mm-hmm. so like just for you know when people do that it's it's great seeing I, I love seeing people like post fitness stuff I think it's I think it's always like inspiring and great um you know like you know kid you not Milton uh, like, you know, when I, sometimes during the week when I, when I think I thought about cheating on my diet and stuff, I'm like, oh man, but Milton's, Milton's killing it. Like I can't, I can't go and cheat on my diet because I mean, he, he's lost way more than I have. And like, you know, you're, you're killing it. And I, so like, even just like you, not just being just my friend, I'm like, man, I'm inspired by that. So I don't want to like, no, I appreciate that. Diet. No, I do. I really do like hearing yeah. those words. And, and Chris, I know you're trying to wrap up soon, but I just want to say like, Anyone out there who's listening to watch and like, you know, if you you feel like whether no matter what you do in life, whether it's fitness, your job, your, 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 your marriage, your relationship, whatever. If you feel like giving up on it, like that's the easy thing to do. You know, like it's OK to take a breath, reset and, and try to make adjustments and move forward and continue pushing through it, you know, and during this journey uh, and, and Ben can relate and Chris can relate. I know Chris works out, too. There's always ups and downs in this fitness journey, and you have to just continue to push forward and you know rely on your your positive supports, make the changes, and keep grinding. So yeah, yeah, uh, you know you move you move well today, so you can move well tomorrow. Um, Big facts. So yeah. you gotta just keep a body in motion, stays in motion, and mm-hmm. it, it goes with the eating well too. You know you, you're gonna feel better when you do this sort of thing, absolutely, on, on a routine basis, and that's helps uh you know healthy bodies a healthy soul as well so you know keep what we say in mind and uh you know that's that's how we stay active and 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 work on longevity too longevity is a huge thing so Mm -hmm. uh yeah there there we go but yeah thanks for thanks for sharing milton i mean that's that's inspiring for a lot of people out there listening and watching to see to see how far you come you know? Yeah, you're welcome. Oh, no doubt, man. And like I said, it's, a lot of it is just my personal doing in the sense of what I wanted to do. But also, I wanted to be healthier. I wanted to get back to what I normally used to be. And it just, life gets in a way. You know, COVID happened two years ago. Oh, so yeah. that definitely helps with, you know, late night snacking and, you know, whatever. But it's no, it's no excuse now. The world's getting back to normal for the most part. So let's get out there and just take care of yourselves because, you know, your family needs you around. That's, that's most important. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Um, so, so next week is the fan expo, Philadelphia. I will be there. Um, we might have another, another guest there as well. I will be probably getting my ticket tomorrow. Like I need to go on the website and actually look this past week. Just, um, I will be probably getting a ticket and you'll be seeing me there next week. Most likely. Holy crap. 
Um, for those of you that don't know, none of us have actually ever seen each any of each other in live action or, or live reality. Action. Whatever you want to call it, live yeah, action go. reality. Yeah. In you know, in person. There we go. In person. So that that'll be a fun fun thing yeah. if if that comes through. So yeah, there's gonna be um on Saturday uh, I will be there, and there's gonna be Ashley Eckstein at one o'clock, and then we have Migna Wen at two o'clock Eastern. Um, so maybe maybe they'll shed some light on, on some of the Star Wars and maybe give us a hint or something like that. Who knows? I'm not counting on it, but um, it's going to be fun nonetheless. It's going to be fun nonetheless. So we hope to uh, maybe see some of you out there as well. Um, so so definitely, definitely try to hit us up on our Twitters if you're going to be there as well. Um, well, anyway, I think that's going to wrap it up for this week's show. Uh, a little update on Obi-Wan and looking at rogue one for the first time for me in a while so that was a lot of fun as always watching it with friends talking trying to keep trying to keep a, a well-paced conversation while also just enjoying the movie that we all so much unanimously unanimously love uh with, with rogue one so there you go make sure you go ahead and subscribe to the channel if you enjoy this content so you can keep up to date when we go live pretty much every friday and you can also download us uh, on any of our podcast streaming apps to listen to us on the go out of room transmission so for ben for milton for i chris aka star raptor thanks everybody for watching and may the force be with you always in transmission